Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Field. My name is Chris, with as always Parker and Alex, and we watched, I think, our first Chuck Norris movie. I could be mistaken. This is called Silent Rage. Uh, Parker, I had initially thought, oh, maybe Blind Fury, but you thought that Silent Rage was better. I mean, Blind Fury is a banger, but Silent Rage is an underseen it's classic. On a, it's on another level. People yeah. need to know. Look, yeah. there's only one movie I've ever seen where Beto O'Rourke is the bad guy. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, you see it, don't yeah. you? It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The difference uh, is this guy can do at least one push-up. Okay, so before we get into the movie, Parker, do we have any news? Chris, do you want to talk about our good friend Joss Whedon and how his life is going right now? Okay, uh, I guess I kind of <laughs> do, because that Vulture article that I linked to, um, I thought it was a good <gasps> article. Uh, I actually really like it. Uh, Alex, I did see you like that tweet where people were like, what the fuck are people talking about Joss Whedon in 2022? And very fair. Very, very fair. But, uh... I, I don't know. I thought the article's well-written. If you actually, like, read through the whole thing, that's a good piece of writing. That's a good piece of, you know, laying out all the details. Because here's the thing. I didn't know a lot of these details because I don't really like Joss Whedon to begin with. I didn't watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I didn't watch, like, most of his movies. So, uh, I've seen it, like, kind of by proxy. I think my, the rest think of my Chris family... Do you think Firefly? Absolutely I have, not. I've seen the first two episodes of Firefly. I was like, so you haven't sucks. seen the movie. He should watch no, the movie without seeing the show. It's a very good idea, actually. No, yeah, I'm he definitely no, wouldn't watch it for context. I, no, here's yeah, the thing. I actually, are you kidding? I own Serenity on Blu-ray. We did an episode on it. So the thing about <laughs> it is... <laughs> <laughs> nice save, dude. Yeah. So the thing about it is, like, I never really liked Joss Whedon to begin with. And I think I got him confused with that other director that Yellow Cyclone hates, <laughs> whose name escapes me. But uh, Ryan Johnson? Ryan Johnson, yeah. No, 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 it wasn't Ryan Johnson. It was the fucking... Um, who's the guy who did, like, the Star Trek movies? Oh, J.J. Abrams? J.J. I was going to J.J. Abrams. I, I should have figured that out from the trailer. There's, like, a J and a J. So <laughs> they both do sci-fi, so... Like, whatever it was, it was just, like, I, I don't really have very strong uh, feelings on Joss Whedon. The only thing I knew about Joss Whedon is... Uh, there's a post back on the blue site where someone would post everyone at the beginning of a Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode. Everyone on the cast was like sleeping or something. Maybe under like a sleeping spell or something because it's magic. And it just says directed by Joss Whedon. And uh, I was like, <laughs> oh, I guess that's kind of funny. Dude, uh, so, turns so out he, this guy is a creep. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Alex. He definitely hates J.J. Abrams because of Lost, right? Absolutely. Like, 100%. 100%. Like, like he's like the I most Lost Watcher person I've ever talked to in my life. Yeah, I'll, and I've never I mean, talked to him about Lost because, like, you know, I don't. What, like, why would well, I? Yeah, why would you? Also, like, definitely, right? 100%. I think he hated like others. Like, he hated. Well, actually, no, you got a good point because he hates J.J. Abrams for, I guess, his existence in general. But that means he criticizes every single thing they does. And I think the only defense I had of J.J. Abrams was like, "Hey, I, I kind of like Super Eight." And he's like, "Okay, uh, Super Eight was kind of a banger, but like everything else he did was awful." <laughs> like, 
Oh, alright. <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, apparently people really hate Joss Whedon, so I was like, oh, let me re- Oh, no! <laughs> Turns uh -oh. out this guy is just awful. Uh, I, there are some parts of that uh, thing that I disagree with. Uh, the writer of that article compared uh, Zack Snyder's movies to the movies of Lenny Riefenstahl. Dude, I've, <laughs> I've seen Lenny Riefenstahl movies. Well, they both have a theme. <laughs> I fucking I've actually watched Lady Riefenstahl movies. They're really not that similar, man. <laughs> I'm glad you got to spend that time with your dad, buddy. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's quality time. But uh, I I do think that they did a good job, like differentiating between the two phantoms and stuff like that. I will say that there is room for nuance, and uh, it does seem like Joss Whedon had a pretty rough childhood, but. Uh, anecdote about that kid in the pond. Is yeah, like, I was gonna say, I'd have a pretty uh, rough childhood if I yeah. killed a kid, too. Yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I like the way that it was kind of bad. It was like, it was like, yeah, I had a lot of guilt in my conscience because of that. I'm like, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> he immediately worked around to, I, I mean, I know it wasn't my fault. I mean, come on. Kid didn't know how to swim. <laughs> go swim. I need to go write a fanfic about a strong teenage girl. Incredibly funny to me that before he got you know, taken out for being a sex monster. He was attached to a fucking Batgirl movie. It's the most Joss Whedon move possible. Yeah, that makes sense. Don't worry, no, I will write and direct this strong, vibrant female <laughs> in this dark, gritty world. Shut up, nerd. See, anyway, here's, here's the, the thing, thing about cats. They're naked and, uh... <laughs> you know, the thing about the article is, like, maybe one thing I didn't like is it focuses so much on Buffy, and I guess that's really, like, the rise to his fame, and that's, like... The one, one good thing he's done, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it's a, the rise and fall of Joss Whedon, right? I guess this is really more about the fall, but, like, I guess that's really, like, his rising. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> depending on whom he's with. That's the thing is, like, boy, for all of us, like, yeah, man, I had a hard childhood. Like, everything that he did afterwards is, like, you really can't blame that on a hard childhood, you know? Especially because, when you think about it, his childhood wasn't nearly as rough as, like, everyone else's childhood. It's just like, yeah, my parents are, like, really rich, and they didn't teach me how to swim. Yeah, but like, said, for real though, if, <laughs> if like I were trying to get Twitter to clear my name, that's all the shit I'd say. Oh, yeah. Who do you well, think you're dealing with? Like, yeah, man I knows his audience. I respect it. Look, I got bullied yeah. all the time. I didn't sexually assault anyone. It's not that hard, yeah. buddy. Also, Josh, yeah. please don't post me in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> God, he would, too. He'd leave you for dead. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, gee, I didn't put my foot there. Like, that's actually your fault that you're oh, around yeah. there. Damn, I throw you a raft up. We don't use items in this house. Doggy paddle with dick. <laughs> Oh, this is what you get for going to Great Bay, Dick. All right, so, uh, Parker, any other... Oh, where's your PK Thunder now, motherfucker? <laughs> uh, just the whole sport of football, really. Really done a doozy on me this weekend. No, that's not really news. I think we can cut this segment. We don't need to talk about football ever again for any what? reason. I mean, I mean, no, my team didn't lose No, this no, no. So, uh, let's get on to our Jerks of the Week. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. I'll let you guys go first. Oh, I thought this was Jerks the Week. Shit. Oh, no. <laughs> Just... So you hand it All to right. the sinner instead of the umpire. <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't he hand it to the umpire? Why wasn't the umpire it's there? Funny. Why wasn't it's he there? It's funny because Kirk Cousins would have handed it to the guard. <laughs> All right, I feel you, better about it. I love you. Misdirection. <laughs> They'll never see it coming. <laughs> That is, Classic that deception. Is what they call in Japan the Yomi. <laughs> uh, so anyway, my jerk of the week. Okay, so you guys have been online for a long time, right? Like oh, God, ages. we're talking. Yeah. They probably like before your teenage years, you had some presence on the internet in some some respect. 
Unfortunately, oh. yeah. Yeah, so, you know, you, you you meet people that, you know, you know now that we're all in our 30s, like, you know, your interests don't always align with them, but sometimes you stay in contact anyway, because it's like, you know, hey, you know, like, we were really tight, we were 17. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I have this one friend who is a, uh, a, a British Homestuck fan. Okay, good, it's not me. For okay. a very, <laughs> very long time. Yes. A friend, alright. Yeah, yeah. You're very forgiving. And, uh... <laughs> You know, you know, as as friends do, like like she follows me on Twitter, you know, at Chad Thunderfury. Come here for all your dog shit tweets. Um And she was saying something earlier to me, like, you know, it's so funny, you know, not being from America, like you tweet about like all these sports figures and these pop culture figures. I just have no idea who you're talking about. Oh and God. like, you know, it's it's enjoyable for me to try to figure out who they are. So I was like, of course, you know, like so, you know, I'm curious, like, what, what tweet inspired this? Like, what, what did I say? Like, what, what person did I bring up? They were just like, yeah, I have no idea who that is. Was it Kingo? It, <laughs> it was Martin Scorsese. <laughs> but also, I, I don't know what to do with that. Like, because, like, I literally suggested Kingo. Like, I was like, is it Aaron Hernandez? Is it Kingo? Is it Joe Flacco? Like, one of these people that I tweet about constantly. And, like, <clears throat> nope. Martin Scorsese. <laughs> you figure that one out. Well, guess what, Mr. Scorsese? Uh, now there's a Marvel <laughs> show about pyramids, so uh, I guess you're eating crow now, aren't you? <laughs> Can I use my Dragon Balls to make him watch it? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Imagine Shedron, like, just appearing in, like, a 73-year-old man's bedroom. <laughs> be like, <laughs> it is within my power to make you watch the pyramid show. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay, buddy? <laughs> I always too, my, too many Yoda voices. Well, my jerk of the week is myself. I uh, set out this year to try to watch at least one movie per day, and I fucked up on January fourteenth and didn't watch anything because I was too busy working. Uh, but I do have a hero of the week to redeem myself. Uh, while I was watching the, the New Patriots England Patriots, a, the while I was watching the, the New England Patriots lose a very close, tough game, you know, we played them as best we they, could. Nail biter. Uh, Unfortunately, their season came to an end. Lots of bright spots for the future. Well, Could have gone either just, way, dude. It's re- cool. Really just two, uh, actually. Uh, my favorite director okay. of all time tweeted out, Halo Infinite is a fun shooter. Immense, beautiful production design. Best of the Halo series. So, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Carpenter. Carpenter. You're correct. <laughs> so, so we, uh, are we squadding up after we're done recording? Eddie of John Chris, Carpenter. Chris, have you installed Halo Infinite yet? Is it for a PC? Yeah, I don't it's even know. Free if I can... on PC, dude. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I I don't know okay. if I can run it. Uh, maybe because I just have a laptop. I don't uh, have a PC my, game. Very my much. computer's from 2014, and I run it just fine. So. All right, I might be able to do it. I'll I'll see if that's possible. I'm also not next week's it, episode. So. <laughs> us playing a bunch of Halo <laughs> with Paco. So uh, let's get into. <laughs> it's always a big team battle when he's around. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was a regular sized team. <laughs> it was. I thought we were playing NHL. <laughs> okay, so... Oh, I get a third person getting our warthog. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of him getting into the warthog and just to... <laughs> Nobody can get in the pass. Every See? vehicle's a warthog. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good binge. Like, he gets to the bench like, oh, dude, the warthog's out again. <laughs> warthog's flying. <laughs> the fucking banshee's just not having a third axis. <laughs> This is shitty ghost because he can't take off. We're going down, Peter. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, except he's going. Ooh. <laughs> 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 oh, hope he's doing well. Okay, so uh, <laughs> oh, for, <laughs> the first one that I want for everyone who's listening. No, I don't know who Paco is either. Uh, the worst. <laughs> 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 for the people at home, uh, the first movie I watched was when I went to the Alamo Drafthouse movie I've never seen before because I think that movies deserve to be watched on the big screen. Except for the following, it's called Fast Times at Ridgemont High. This stars um, Sean Penn. Judge Reinhold, Phoebe Chris, are Cates. you having a midlife crisis? Yeah, what like, why this? are you watching all these teen movies? Oh, no, no. From uh, 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, it's uh, 40 years ago. Uh, the reason I watch it is I've actually heard about this movie a lot. A lot of people have been telling me, yeah, you know, it's a classic. And I dislike Days and Confused so much, I was like, I have a feeling I wouldn't enjoy teen movies from an era before me. But, hey, maybe this is an exception. Uh, so I went I watched it, and I don't necessarily think that it's bad. I do think that it doesn't work specifically because I didn't go to high school in the 1970s or 80s. Uh, were there any jokes that I laughed at? Um, okay, Judge Reinhold's working out like a McDonald's or something. The guy wants his money-back guarantee because his breakfast wasn't good. He wants 100% of his breakfast order refilled or whatever. And uh, Judge Reynolds like, well, you have to fill out a form. They're going back and forth. The guy's like, no, I want 100% of my money back now. And Judge Reynolds like, hey, man, I'm going to kick 100% of your ass if you don't calm down. And I was like, all right, that, that was a little bit of a laugh. Uh, I really, I do think that it has value because it kind of feels like a cultural artifact in a way. It's sort of like, this is how people in the 1980s viewed their time in high school. And there's like something for it. But if you want to watch a good high school teen sort of movie that I can relate to, just watch The Faculty. Because just the scene with just the scene with Elijah Wood getting his nuts smashed against the pole, that's everything that you need right there. It's better than every single scene in here, except for one. And I gotta admit, this is a moment of weakness here. Phoebe Cates in this movie, turns out whatever people were saying about her, yeah, they were correct. That is an iconic scene. I thought I'd appreciate uh, you pretending you weren't the one ramming people's nuts on the flagpole. First of playing all. football and wrestling. Eat my ass. You were cramming me in dude. lockers every day. Dude. <laughs> didn't do dude. that. So, like, I was obviously, no one here has been in a high school in a long time. But uh, do you think, sure. like, the K-pop stands are going around the high school, like, pushing people into lockers? Like, is that how this dynamic works now? <laughs> no, there's no way. Because they, they do that on Twitter, but in high school, they're, like, wearing, like, oversized jackets and everything during the summer. Yeah, but all the Zoomers are too afraid to bully now. Like, like I only know one group that, you know, has the balls to step up and tell people to kill themselves. I I mean, we have said (laughs) repeatedly, bring bullying back, you know. We need Bulk and Skull to make their triumphant return. Oh, dude, do you think... (laughs) uh, Simon and Garfunkel bullying. (laughs) So, you know the, the, like, the the fucking meme about, you know, like, sending, like, 20 U.S. Marines back to fight, like, the entire ancient Greek army? (laughs) Do you think if we sent, like, 20 Greasers into the future, they could kill all the K-pop stands? 100%. Oh, without a Fucking clean doubt, sweet. Dude. <laughs> the only real Is any random twenty greasers. <laughs> the only bullies like today are like door. fifteen kids that listen to Come Town and like listen to old Patrice O'Neill on O and A bits from ten years ago. They're the only bullies left in the world. Right? Yeah. All the bullies of the world are now thirty-two, which uh, yeah, that's my age. Crazy. Creeping anyway, uh, out here, yeah, but so, yeah, yeah. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, it's okay. I actually liked it a little bit more than Days and Confused for what little that's worth. Uh, Sean Penn, one of the world's leading assholes, is actually alright in this movie. Um, 
he it is actually kind of interesting co- to look at this. Oh, this came out in like 1982, right? He what are you he's like of Alex? <laughs> cat Peter. It's for the starving children. <laughs> okay, so fast times for Richmond High, Sean Penn. He's like the progenitor of like the dumb teenager stereotype, the ones that we saw in like Bill and Ted, uh, Beavis and Butthead, stuff like that, right? And so far, I mean, in the movie, like he does a pretty good job. I didn't know he'd become a. Uh, what he's become, but sometimes know, you get right. throat answer from me. Too much. I'm sorry, Mario and Luigi. <laughs> oh yeah, Mario. And Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> and do you Chris, when there's always his Parker and Alex. <laughs> I could tell. <laughs> Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. <laughs> Para and Docs. <laughs> All right. All right. So. All right. Bit over. We're good. <laughs> And on a strong note. Moving on. Yeah, so then I decided I'd watch a documentary. Um, and this is one I mentioned that I got. This is called Too Macabre, The Making of Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Why? So everyone everyone knows the, the character of Elvira, my uh, close personal friend and spiritual advisor. Uh, she made a movie called Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. And I think I remember mentioning on this podcast, it sucks ass. It's but I was like, yeah, it just doesn't work. So I was like... Well, you know, I still like the character, you know, and I like the actress, Cassandra Peterson. She's actually really funny, you know, so I was like, okay, I'll watch a documentary. It's probably going to be about how she became uh, Elvira and, like, the, you know, the impact that she's had on American culture. I've always said that she's more important to the fabric of this country than Dolly Parton. And uh, it turns out, no, this is a one-hour, 40-minute documentary that is the making of a movie that is one hour and 30 minutes. Uh, That's cool. Now, I will say this. It is, the making of documentary is actually better than the movie it's talking about, which, uh, low bar to clear, but they're talking about, like, the car that was in the movie, you know? And that's when you know you've really plumbed the depths of the making of documentaries. Uh, yeah, so, like, that car, <laughs> like, uh, we replaced the steering wheel, and now, like, someone bought it, and it's at, like, shows you could go to it if you live in fucking Nevada. Like, this is really funny considering how this podcast feels about Dragula. No, Dragon well, is different. Not funny. That's different. Funny. And, uh... Yeah, that is different. Did I tell you I went to a sushi restaurant and they were playing Dragon on the radio? <laughs> yes, and I hope you keep telling me every week because it makes I'm, me incredibly happy. Back. Yeah, yeah, I'm absolutely going back. So, <laughs> so here's the thing. Like the first like maybe ten minutes of this is how Cassandra Peterson got the role of Elvira, and uh, she. She wanted to, like, make the movie, and she wanted to have a lot of control over it, but she couldn't because she didn't own the rights to the character. And that's fair, because she didn't come up with a character. She just auditioned for a part. They were just like, okay, you're going to do this, this, and this. She said, yeah, I can do this. And she added more to it. Uh, So there's, like, a long process that went into it, and it does go into why the movie doesn't work. There's really no character development, because the studio said, we should have teenagers, because teenagers won't watch a movie unless there's other teenagers in it. That's true. And, unfortunately... Teenagers did not see it. So the interesting thing here, and there is something interesting. Uh, one of the things I like about documentaries is when they teach me something I didn't know. I thought that Elvira was a lot more popular than she was. Turns out she was really just a California thing. I, like, I think she was on like local access or something over there. Mm-hmm. So like all of Southern California knew Elvira. They loved Elvira. Uh, but everywhere else in the country, it's just like, who the fuck is Elvira? Like they're going to go see the movie anyway, because with the poster, like, you see her and you're just like well i I will go see that yeah but like (laughs) actually i want to address that real quick uh (laughs) skip absolutely so here's the thing obviously yeah elvira's got really large breasts but nods 
What? <laughs> but! <laughs> but the interesting thing about all this is that the movie really makes clear to me, both both the movie itself and the, uh, the documentary, she would have definitely worked as a character, even if she was a B-cup. It totally would have worked. And because the most important thing about Elvira is actually her eyes. And, like, the eye makeup, because she does all these really yeah, funny okay. facial expressions. It, okay, you're shocked. talking to a girl and you're trying to get her to listen. Whatever, dude. No, 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 no. Next no. segment. Yeah, dude. I don't even notice them. It's just, I get it. her yeah. personality no, is a shine through. The window to the soul. No, it's the personality isn't much there. But the jokes are good. Well. <laughs> well. Uh, well, we, we know, I mean, actually, knowing them, actually, we know that's not true. So, so here's an interesting thing. Here's an interesting thing uh, in the movie. They were talking about, yeah, you know, the the movie, which is PG-13, by the way, allowed us to really go out there for our jokes. We said, we made one joke. We could have never said on the TV show. I'm like, oh, uh, what is this? I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, and then it and bleeds then, once a month. Am I right, ladies? No, no. What, it was a guy. Uh, she, A guy catches her because she falls down from something. Like, she hits her head or something. And the guy's like, are you okay? How's your head? And she says, I haven't had any complaints yet. So it's like a blowjob joke. And they were just like, we'd never get away with that. It was just like, Oh, but you dude. didn't laugh at the one in the Family like, Guy movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because this one was better. It keeps going back to Family Guy. <laughs> it's, the, it's the most important movie it's in It's what his the life. listeners want. They can all relate to it. I'm you cutting every single one this of these Silent Rage? No, but they will once we're done talking about they it. They should. Silent Rage fucking rips. Fucking Stewie Griffin? All right. Yes, yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I actually know do Josh think has seen that. <laughs> that does sound like something he'd watch. There's another thing you two have. Thirty-three percent of our listener base, right there. <laughs> <laughs> Confirmed. Anyway, uh, I do think that Too Macabre: The Making of Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, is actually it's all right. It's pretty good. Uh, it does not make me want to watch Elvira's Haunted Hills because it somehow looks worse than Mistress of the Dark. Uh, still love the character. I still love Cassandra Peterson, uh, the world's hottest septuagenarian. That's a title for you. But. Uh, yeah, she's lived an interesting life, and she's really funny, and I think that's probably the most important part. Oh, yeah, there's one other thing. Uh, one thing that I, I don't know, I thought it was kind of nice. Towards the end, there was, like, an old guy who worked on the movie. I think he was the bad guy or something. And he was just, like, a lot of comedy these days is all angst-driven. It's all about, you know, angst. And he said, Elvira's really different because it's just kind of laughing because you're happy, you know, laughing because something is silly. And that's, maybe that's, like, a nice alternative every once in a while. And I agreed with that. Oh, like and the then, Joker. Yeah. No. He laughs because crime is funny. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, you guys hear that? It's the wind outside again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the next one, I cannot believe I'm saying this. This is very easily the best movie I watched a uh, whole week. I, I am surprised as anyone that I love this movie. I finally watched The Incredibles 2 and I really liked it. I was shocked. Because uh, I'm not really like a huge Incredibles fan like everyone else in our generation because you remember Incredibles came out in what 2004 and then they announced that Incredibles 2 was coming out in 2018 and people were like oh finally I've been waiting for this movie my whole life I was like really you needed like another story because Incredibles is just like its own self-contained movie it doesn't really need a sequel it's just fine the way it is and I wasn't really like excited for it I was just like I'm just I don't know I think I'll skip this one and uh I don't know I was in like a bad mood and I was like I don't know I'll put on Incredibles 2, I'll see if this is any good, and I really ended up liking it. I think I liked it even more than the first one. 
And I think a lot of it comes down to two things. One, the animation is spectacular. Brad Bird is, at this point, just flexing. He's just showing off that he's better at this than everyone else. Like, it takes Pixar movies and just, like, throws them to the ground. This is so much better looking than every other Pixar movie. And part of that is, like, the attention to detail. There's these little moments, moments that are so small I can't even describe. Like, the way a character will look or react or, like, do something with her arm or a leg that... It just feels so natural. It looks natural and in a funny way, and it adds to the movie. And I really like that. Obviously, uh, the humor works. It's a very funny movie. The family stuff really works. The superhero stuff is like, I, I could take it or leave it. I'm not really a superhero guy, but the action, the way that the action looks is really good. I, I had a great time with it. The, I, I'm surprised as anyone that I ended up enjoying it. Now, I talked to Parker about this, and Parker, you said that uh, you, you were very whelmed by it. Yeah, I remember watching it. It was like, it looks great, but everything in the story was stuff that had been covered in movies like in the last five years already. Like, yeah. if this had come out, you know, three, four years after the first Incredibles, that'd be one thing, but I've, I've seen all this. I, I understand that heroes need accountability and family and insert all the themes. I mean, yeah. it's, it's fine. I didn't dislike it, but it just... Yeah. Also, Alex, uh, for the record, yeah. neither of us are surprised that's your favorite movie you watched this week. Come on now. What, well, what are we talking about you, you, you might get more surprised when I list the movies that come after this. I'll just say that. Uh, Alex, did you watch Incredibles 2? Yeah, but I remember almost nothing about it because it's just oh. blurs into the first one because they're both just fine to me. Yeah. Um, it was a lot very of people weird that it picked yeah, up I th- right after the first one because I hadn't seen yeah. it in over a decade. Yeah. You know, weird twist. it's kind of interesting that like everyone went into this really excited and then they came out saying oh yeah that was okay and i went into this having no enthusiasm i came out saying it was really good so i don't know kind of strange to me i will say the only problem i have with the movie is sarah vowell's performance as violet the daughter my god get her out of movies she's seriously maybe the worst voice actress i've ever heard just absolutely dreadful would you swap her for rebel wilson yes wow that's... The only wait, I, I take it back. Second worst uh, voice oh. actress I've ever heard. Worst voice actress I've ever heard is Sherry Moon Zombie. So that's the only person I wouldn't swap out. So, we'll uh, so yeah. What if it was Ken Jong? Yeah, easy. I would. I'd rather have Ken Jong <laughs> voicing a teenage daughter than Sarah Bell. That, I don't I'm even just, have to think. About I'm that. thinking about that and upset. Like, yeah. Well, again, God, Sarah Bell is somehow fucking worse. So then I was like, wow, Pixar can do no wrong. I'll watch Soul. So I put on Soul, and uh, it is a pretty good movie with so many fucking flaws. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kids love this kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite thing when I was eight years old was jazz and dying. <laughs> so that's the thing. It's, like, it's not just dying. Over. The movie teaches you, it's like, hey, you do a good enough job in the between life and death era. You can just come back. You get another chance. Dying's no big deal. It's whatever. Uh, the movie has one of the most insulting things I've ever heard in my life, where the guy says uh, to his mother, I feel like if I died right now, then my life would have meant nothing. And she just says it to his mother's face. I'm like, what the fuck? That's pretty awesome. Same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just fucking... Because the movie's message is more or less like, life is more than just your dream, you know? And he doesn't even get to he doesn't get to perform with uh, the woman anymore, because someone else... Is, I don't know, some things going on. 
You know what would have been a great conclusion for the movie? Is after he's done all this time mentoring number 22, he goes back to live on Earth as a teacher. And then he can spend more time mentoring. And that's how you grow jazz, by helping people, you know, really dive into their instruments and become great musicians and stuff like that. that you you know what would have been a great ending to this movie? If he didn't go back? What? Hell isn't good. Hell isn't good. Hell. He's <laughs> giving jazz back to the working man. <laughs> like, Souls, I mean, I like the art of Soul. I think that's really good. And yes, I am old enough that I actually do like jazz. But uh, other than that, man. You know I... what they call it in Star Wars, right? <laughs> McClunky. So, yeah. Well, as the world's expert on the book of Boba Fett, please <laughs> yeah. tell me that it's called Jizz. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I have seen exponentially more of the book of Boba Fett than either of you by watching the pilot barely. That yeah, that is correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then I moved on to another animated movie. This is one that Alex told me that I would watch, so he didn't even need to assign it to me. This is called The Mitchells versus The Machines. Yeah, that's and, true. Uh, now, I was going to watch this not just because it's an animated movie that's somewhat critically acclaimed, but also because it's a Lord Miller production. I like Lord Miller. Uh, they were only producers. They neither wrote nor directed this, so uh, their influence. You thought Incredibles too. Two was better than this? I'm I actually did. surprised. By I that. did by a lot. Same. Yeah, I'm uh, so, very surprised. Yeah. So the yeah, that's the thing here is the Mitchells versus Machines. There's a lot that I like about it. Uh, I do not like as uh, Alex. You, you said that you really despised all the visual effects that they kept putting on throughout the movie. And uh, I won't say that I liked them, but going to despise them is a bit strong, even for me. It was Uh, like, and like, where I I eventually arrived on them. Yeah, like, as I was watching them, I was like, this sucks. And then, like, when I got done, it's like, well, at least that was different. Yeah, exactly. Uh, The other thing is that, like, they're clearly not for me. Uh, This is pretty much meant for uh, very young children, I'd say. I, I have a feeling that uh, this is one of those rare movies that is meant to be watched on a television and not in a theater. So uh, part of it, I, I think it was released on uh, Netflix, right? So yeah. that's the thing about this is, uh, as far as the voice acting goes, Danny McBride was in it and I didn't know, even though his name is in the credits twice. Because uh, his voice just sounds normal. Everyone's like, yeah, Danny McBride. I'm just like, Danny McBride sounds like every other human being on the face of the earth. Uh, the the biggest problem with the voice acting is actually the the younger brother who is clearly voiced by a fifty year old man and, and I don't know why. Uh, the problem here is the Mitchells the the family they don't really have a lot of personality traits especially when you compare them to the Incredibles. The Incredibles have like well defined characters and I you could say so much about the Incredibles just with like a couple words. With the Mitchells, like, one of them likes dinosaurs. One of them, the worst is like when they describe the, the the father character, right? There's a there's like, my father is kind of weird, and it just shows that he's clumsy. That that means weird. I, I thought weird could mean anything. You just show clumsy. I mean, he's just the bumbling dad. He's he's Homer Simpson. He's Peter Griffin. He's he's every single like sitcom father. And I just think that's kind of lazy and reductive. And I don't usually get lazy and reductive from Lord and Miller. So my favorite part about the Mitchells vs. Machines ended up being the machines. I thought that the robots were a lot funnier. I thought they were a better addition to the movie than the Mitchells themselves. And a lot of people were talking about, yeah, there's a really good message about how like technology is controlling us. And I was like, yeah, but I feel like I've seen a whole bunch of other movies do a better job like the Incredibles too. Uh, I don't know. I like in the Incredibles too they have a villain. Was it the uh, Screenslaver or something like that? 
And she's got a monologue that was like, wait, she's actually making some really good points here. And she makes those points better than the Mitchells versus the Machines did. So, I don't know. I'm surprised as any that I like the Incredibles 2 versus, uh, rather than the Mitchells versus the Machines. So, this is me selling out. Uh, About time. Yeah. Parker, do you have a, any thoughts on the Mitchells versus the Machines? Um, I remember really enjoying it. I mean, you know, grading on a scale yeah. as we are, it's always, uh, will I watch this animated mm-hmm. movie or will it be uh, another episode of 90 Day Fiance? Load up the animated movie. Let's have a great <laughs> 90 minutes. Easy choice, always. Yes. I thought it was pretty enjoyable. I don't dislike Incredibles 2. I just legitimately don't remember anything. I just remember getting to the twist and be like, oh, cool. The well, the bad guy is twist. This, this person, like every the bad guy is movie, the one everyone thought it was. <laughs> just like every Disney movie from the last five years. Yeah. Got it. The bad guy is the one we telegraphed. I uh, I don't know. It's uh Again, I'm as surprised as anyone. I didn't see this one coming. Uh, anyway, yesterday was MLK Day, so I decided to Uh-oh. celebrate the correct way by going to Uh-oh. the movie theater to watch okay. Selma. So uh, Selma is uh, a movie I actually didn't get to see uh, when it came out in 2014, late 2014, as I recall. I did not know it was directed by Ava DuVernay, and she was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Director. Oh, wait, no, she wasn't, and there was a big controversy. Oh... Well, I mean, that's not the worst thing to happen to her. The worst thing that happened to her was a wrinkle in time. Yeah, fucking tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing about Selva. is It's kind of weird to talk about this because it's a great movie. Like, really, really great. Uh, all, basically, no flaws with it. But, I mean, you're kind of carried by the fact that it's a true story and it's a really, really good story. And uh, there aren't a lot of ways you could screw this up. Wait, I take that back. So if Roland Emmerich was directing Selma... Uh, <laughs> Turns out the French were behind racism. Right, I exactly. The, oh my god, can you imagine like Lyndon Johnson just talking with a French accent the entire time? <laughs> no, he does it like when, when everyone except his secretary is gone, so he's like, oh, do you can know who I am. Um, you know, I feel like... Of the, the French. Yeah, but there's like a lot of... There's a lot of directors who could have done like a worse job, like Peter Berg. Wait, that would have been a better movie. Peter. All right, so... Oh. Actually, so... Dude, I'm just imagining Nicholas Wingding's reference, reference Selma, dude. Oh, man. Actually, so here's the thing. It's like the only complaints I've read about Selma are people saying that there was like too much slow-mo. And also, I was there like... There wasn't enough patty. <laughs> That's the thing is they don't even talk about cruel intentions the entire time. <laughs> I will say, so like the one of my problems with this is like it kind of feels weird to make a movie about this event that like everyone knows about. Like it kind of like do we really need a movie about this sort of thing? Yes, like as a historical else? record no, wait, wait, because wait, we kn- we wait. know, but yeah, yeah, but I'm about to get to that. Right? I have a punchline okay. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. because I was like, this is something like everyone ought to know about. It's like making a, a movie about the Kennedy assassination. It's like, well, everyone knows about it. And you're not going to do any better than that. But there's two reasons that this works as a movie. One, it does a good job of like almost a courageous job of like making an argument for like showing what this boils down to and there's a lot of nuance to the opinions of the day but the b- most important thing is hate versus dignity and the movie does a spectacular job at pitting those two ideals against each other the other reason this needs to be a movie is there is a white woman sitting to my left who was gasping the entire time every single time a black person was told they weren't allowed to vote and i was just like wow i guess she didn't hear about the racism <laughs> either that or she was thinking this is going to be a selma blair documentary so 
That's um, extra funny, knowing that you live in the capital of the Confederacy. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I did, in fact, have a good time, and I've got the shirt to prove it. So, uh, the only other thing I watched is uh, I decided I was going to sit down and I told Parker about this. It's time for me to watch an animated show. But not Yu Yu Hakusho right, right now. I gotta watch something else. Swear, this is called, Take your time, buddy. Yeah, this is a Netflix show uh, called Arcane. And it's based on a video game called League of Legends, which I've never played and have no desire to do so. I only watched oh, the first no. six episodes. Uh, I actually kind of liked it. It was actually pretty good. Uh, it's it's about these characters. It kind of looks like Final Fantasy in a way. I'm doing this just to piss off like the League of Legends players. They're just like it's different. So it's like a bunch of characters, and they are like they're poor. They live in this like steampunk, cyberpunk sort of city. And there's a big bad government. There's like class structure and stuff like that. And the little punks are also a bunch of terrorists. They want to steal this artifact that can create magic or something like that. And there's like sister drama in there. Visually stunning. Like looks just so much fun just to watch. You're just like, wow, this is great. Uh, The biggest problems here are one, the music is horrendous. Just absolutely. Every single time like you get to the intro, you want to skip that intro more than anything. And uh, and even if you skip the intro, like they still play other songs during the series. You're just like, oh god, shut the fuck up. These songs suck. And the other problem is the complete lack of any sort of humor. Like, please tell a joke. And I, that's the thing, like with fantasy and sci-fi nerds, is they don't really have senses of humor, and it kind of pisses me off. But like, this show really needs at least a small moment of levity, and they really just won't go that far. It kind of pisses me off. But everything else about it I like. I'm, I'm excited to get to the last three episodes. I wonder what's going to happen. At only 40 uh, minutes of pop, I'm, honestly, it's pretty good. Oh, yeah, one more show I watched. I finally fulfilled an assignment. Uh, makes one of us on here. And I decided I would watch through the first season of What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, now, yeah, i got to ask, how come you guys never told me about this before? Uh, it's it's new Doss, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, let me tell you something. This show fucking rules, dude. It's so good. How come people don't talk about this the same way they talk about The Office? Small blessings, that's the answer. So, I love all the characters, but especially <laughs> Corin Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> the energy vampire. <laughs> it's such a good bit. It's like, when, when they first introduce it, you're like, oh, that's a funny throwaway. And then they right. just keep building on it, and it gets better and better. I He's was nervous. I was nervous that they would... Dude, I was so nervous that they were going to, like, overload him. Because as soon as he was just in there, and he was, like, every single line that he has is, like, mechanically designed to be the most boring thing possible. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, if that was just in one episode, it'd be perfect. And then he's in another episode, I got, oh, no, are they going to overuse him? Wait, it's still good. Oh, my God. Keep him going. Make him the main character. So they have a lot of scenes with every single scene with him is solid fucking gold. When he goes to the zoning board meeting and starts off his thing with (laughs) Webster's (laughs) defines, and I was just like... <laughs> that is unquestionably Wait. the most boring way to start anything off. What? Wait, you thought The Incredibles two was better than this? Fuck you, dude. <laughs> no, no. Well, oh, well, I, TV show and movie is different. Uh, I, okay, yeah, what we do in the shadows right, is right. slightly better than Incredibles two. But yeah, this is. Oh, dude, when he meets the uh, the emotional vampire in the office, <laughs> one of the funniest fucking scenes in TV history. They're both pursuing the same victim, and he's like, he's like Stanley shuffling to the bathroom, and he gets in the stall, and fucking Colin Robinson oh goes God. in there. He's just like, uh, oh, you know, tax day is coming up as he goes in there, and that woman calls down into the stall. 
I think my dog might be autistic and I have no one to talk to about it. <laughs> Dude. Dude, you are going to be so excited when you get to the Jackie Daytona episode. It's so I fucking, fucking good. Maybe I the fucking maybe it, the funniest episode of any TV show that's ever aired. Dude, I got to tell you, I that's going to it's going to be hard to top the orgy episode cuz like dude. dude, the orgy episode has one of my favorite lines in TV history. Which is, yeah, and I thought Mike had a bad orgy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take my hat back, you crispy piece of shit. As he walks out of the burn ward in the hospital. It's so good, because, like, season one of What We Do in the Shadows is unbelievable. But also, like, I'm not sure any of my eight favorite episodes are in that season. No. That's fair. That's very fair. Although the man, the orgy happened. I keep coming back to that. It's, it's good. The guy it's who good. says the oh, I thought Mike had a bad orgy is the Bada Bing Baba Duke. <laughs> <laughs> it's an incredible character, and I'm so glad it comes back later. I found myself oh thinking my about God. the line, so I moved to Pennsylvania because it sounds like Transylvania a lot in my daily life. <laughs> it's such a good non Dude, they fucking go to a club. The only club scene I've ever liked. Uh, by the way, there's a club scene in Arcane, so losing another star there. And they're all wearing like their capes and everything. And fucking Colin Robinson has a poncho on. <laughs> the first time I saw Colin Robinson, I laughed and then I got mad like, how did I never think of that? This is horrible. Yeah, well, the thing is, unbelievable. Like, I feel like I did think of it. Like, it kind of reminds me of, like, the Dementors from that book with the Wizards and they go to, like, the school park. Or what's it called? Star Wars. Yeah. That. Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it kind of reminds me of them. Like, they suck all your life force energy or something like that. It's, like, basically the same thing. <laughs> but, like, fuck it. I The thing is, the reason I keep calling him Colin Robinson instead of the energy vampire is, like Parker said to me via text, is... Dude, the way they say Colin Robinson is like the fucking Colin Robinson. Robinson. (laughs) I do like that they call Guillermo Gizmo. That's really good. Chris. Yeah. 250 words or less on the Vampiric Council. (laughs) Oh, what an incredible uh, sequence. (laughs) That is like, that's me getting to like 2,500 being like, what can I possibly cut? Because like... Because, like, okay, so here's actually an interesting thing. I was actually texting Parker, and, like, Parker couldn't test. I was fucking loving it. And I was like, one of the things I really like about this is there's no name actors. And I was like, oh. Uh, well, I just started vibrating, like, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say well, it. Well, there's some, uh, they're, they're, they're big fans. I was like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. The first one I see is fucking Batista. <laughs> 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 Who, by the way, is great in this. It's like, so see, he's in there for, like, five seconds. He's fucking great. And then it was nice to see Taika Waititi, uh, obviously. He's, he's a whole lot of fun. Uh, who else is there? Uh, fucking Wesley Snipes via, <laughs> via laptop. Is, that is, which, by the way, maybe the funniest performance of the entire movie, just how far behind he is on everything. Like, they're all the babies <laughs> on stuff. He's like, wait, the grand vampire is dead? <laughs> <laughs> Unquestionably the hardest I laughed the entire time. Them only referring to Wesley Snipes as the Daywalker is such an incredible <laughs> bit. Uh, who else is in it? Who else is it? Uh, who's, the, who's the chick with the blonde hair? Um, Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. True Blood, because I will I not watch yeah. that. Again. Uh, uh, yet. Uh, I did that with an ex, buddy. Not going back. Yeah. Who, not uh, happening. How far? Because yeah. I know you didn't get through all of it. I got plenty of Dragon Balls. 
Yeah. Uh, they, they, anyway, there's a whole bunch of people on there. Uh, one of the ones who's not on the Vampire Council is uh, that guy from the League, who I think lied about being a 9-11. And uh, I gotta tell you, he's a lot better on this than he is on the League. So, uh, that was a lot of fun. Him just listing off all the vampires in his posse. Uh, there was one called the Silent One. Uh, what do you call one of them? The Mean One is just a Nazi. <laughs> The Nazi vampire is real good. <laughs> I was I was shocked. Like, there's nothing I dislike about this show. This is fucking perfect. I I love it. I am I, I'm going to download season two. Like, that's that's already known. I I don't know and, if I'm even going to be watching three. Three. Yes. Yes. But, yeah. In season yeah. three, uh, this is on what is on FXX, right? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So the files that I downloaded, naughty Chris pirating, is uh, they had a bunch of like commercials for other shows on there which it shows i'm really not gonna watch one of them was about bob fossey fossey verdon or something like that and it's like yeah it's got sam rockwell and he probably kills that role but i also could give a shit so probably not gonna be watching that anyway it's, i i it's fucking, all on hulu if you have a free trial or something like, i i don't need to download these no but. no no yeah oh well still i've been searching off a of, password uh, somewhere i do yeah i i, <laughs> okay. I use it very seldom but uh Anyway, yeah, I, I really like this show. I, I often, really, really like the show. Since you live alone, how often have you yelled bat in the last week? I'm curious. Because <laughs> I do it a lot. Only, you know, this is the embarrassing admission here, but only while watching the show and only when I see him crouch. <laughs> I'm becoming so one of good. those guys, man. I'm, I'm like, if I were to see this in a movie theater, I, I'd yell it out along with him, you know? When I, uh... <laughs> When I when I saw that viral tweet the other day about uh, uh, two people that have the same name but very very different career paths, I really like wanted to tweet Matt, Matt Barry and Matthew Barry, but instead I went with Jerry Sandusky and Jerry Sandusky. So good pick. <laughs> Matthew Barry's oh. voice is incredible. I'm so jealous, dude. This fucking show is so good. Yeah, you know, honestly, I think it's better than the movie, which is oh, saying a lot because. Because the movie's 100%. really good. Yeah. I really do like the movie, but I think this is better. And also, Parker, yeah, Natasha Demetrio. Ooh. Oh my god. Goodness. Anything. <laughs> Anything. Yeah, she is... She's very pretty. Uh, <laughs> I forgot that he crouches down before he yells bat every time. He always every, does. No, I can Whenever see it. You, I, you know what's coming. Hey, yeah, so... He's uh, gotta okay. get air. So, good. Chris, I know that you're very into the show and you want to watch it all. But you cannot watch season three until we watch all the Twilight movies. <laughs> oh yeah! Just for that one joke. Oh, I forgot. Okay. Just for the all one right, joke. All right. Okay. Shit, I forgot because I, I, I just you know, watched them too. That's right. Yeah. Okay. All right. You know, I'm oh, taking shit. your word on this one. Just watch okay. two. We'll talk a lot right. about two. Yeah. Because yeah. We'll we, we could literally do an episode on the Jackie Dehona episode. See, that's so the good. thing. I think that's it's the thing. So is like good. I think I saw like uh, a brief clip from one of the other seasons because I know I didn't see him like the first one. It may have involved like a werewolf or something like that. And <laughs> I remember the werewolves were my favorite part of the movie. I remember it's, getting to them, and that was like so fucking funny. I was does, just like, man, does, if there were more werewolves in this, it'd be even funnier. Does season one have the bit where he throws the chew toy off the roof to defeat the <laughs> yes, werewolves in yes, the fight? Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I might be doing a full show rewatching. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> it's so fucking good. This is how we all talk in beautiful Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. Mike. <laughs> oh, yeah. One other thing I want to say about it is the effects are, like, noticeably worse than the movie, which is saying a lot because the movie had, like, 
no special effects budget, and this special effects are even, like, lower. And somehow it makes the show even better. Like, it's so much funnier when you can practically see the strings lifting them up. It really you know? is. Oh, the, the <laughs> Especially <Baron. laughs> when they, like, there's, like, there's like three spots in the series where they, like, go all out for, like, one scene. And it's like, what the fuck is this? Like, like uh, when the fight changes in the Super Brawly movie. <laughs> it's like, what's happening? <laughs> Why does this look so different? Why is the Baron flying? <laughs> Chris, does, does season one have their Jets fan neighbor? Uh, yeah, briefly. <laughs> yeah, briefly. <laughs> one of my favorite side characters. <laughs> Yo, man, you go to watch the game, and he gets, like, choked out, they bring it oh, back, they God. wipe his memory. Yo, man, you go to watch the game, and they just choking him again. <laughs> <laughs> He spends 25 minutes of an episode telling them about his gambling problem. And they walk up and hand him a suitcase full of money on the craps table and leave to make up for what they owe him. (laughs) That's the thing about this is like, we also talk about like characters on the show. Like, they don't need to talk about like every character's like complete backstory and say this character likes to do this, this, and this. You you see it like organically, like the the characters' actions inform their characters, and it does it so much better than like every other show. Like, I know I, I this really shouldn't be compared to The Office, and it's kind of a blessing in disguise that people don't talk about this the same way they do about The Office because that'd be intolerable, but. Man, this is so much better than The Office. It does everything that The Office does, but in like a, a much better capacity. You know, the way that the character, the way the characters interact. One of the other things I like about the show, and it's like a small thing, but I really like it. Every single little like oldie timey picture or drawing of like a vampire, like all that shit that they're doing, it's so fucking funny. Cause especially when they're talking about like sex stuff in there, it's like yeah, there's some really athletic stuff going on. It's just like <laughs> some impossible drawing of a vampire getting fucked. <laughs> And the characters are so great, because now that you've seen the first season, if I just tell you, hey, uh, they go to a Super Bowl party, you're in. You're locked in <laughs> yeah, for that oh, whole exactly. episode. Immediately. I already know I'm in, dude. Yeah. I already know I'm in. <laughs> you can just imagine it in your head, and you're like, I'm in. Turn it on now. Yeah. <laughs> they go sailing in New York Harbor and encounter a siren. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I like when they come home from a night out and the Colorado's like, hey, are you guys doing okay? We are on drugs! <laughs> <laughs> I do love yeah. that they had, they bring back a lot of characters, but they use them in places that make sense. Not just, oh, hey, yeah. you remember this fan favorite? Oh, it's so yeah. good. I it's, love when show has really fan really service good. that's successful. Yeah, it's, that's nice it feeling. is really good. Yeah, I'm I'm a really, really big fan of this. And the good news is, like, I've told other people about this. I've encountered other of my friends who, like, haven't even mentioned this. They're like, yeah, this is really good. Or other of my friends who are, who are like, yeah, I love the movie. I heard about the show. Is the show any good? Yeah, the show is fucking great. So it's... if you're listening to this, you take anything away from this, watch What We Do in the Shadows. The TV Dude. show, also the movie. Even if, good. like, you know, even if you listen to us, because you hate us for some reason and think that all of our takes are dog shit. This is one of those shows that, like, if you've watched this and you meet somebody out in the wilderness that's watched this, you will talk about the show with them for an hour. Oh, yeah. It's just one of those things that, like, everyone that's watched it loves it, but nobody's fucking seen it. So, like, when you find somebody, it's just, like, this magical moment where it's like, yeah, 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 and they do this thing. And, like, you you just go back and forth for, like, at least an hour and just have a blast with it. Like, Oh, yeah. Like, and the first season is so short, too. Isn't it, like, only, like, eight episodes, something like that? I don't know, I think it was they're really all, short. 
Yeah, I think they're all 10, but it's like oh, 10, 22 yeah, minutes like tops. Yeah, I know. Episode. So I blew through it. You're going to watch the in... whole show in a day. And yeah, I... three seasons. I like... think I blew through it in like maybe two work days. And I, I mean, I was focusing on work, but every once in a while I'll look up like, oh my God, what are they doing this time? Like, it was so fucking good. Like, I, maybe I will buy the Blu rays. But, uh, yeah, I, I fucking love what we do in the shadows. Was season one have <laughs> the episode where we find out that uh, Nandor's obsessed with the Dream Team? Yes! Oh my god! <laughs> Alright, get it down the <laughs> I moved you up with five reasons. <laughs> Jordan Johnson first. <laughs> but he said they don't have good backstory characters. <laughs> See, the, no, I didn't say that! I didn't say that! I didn't say that! No, come on. Cutting that. That's not what I'm saying. The fucking dream team is so good. Because that's because that's tied into the story. That's the fun of it. Is he's trying to become an American citizen. That's just because he watched them dominate the Olympics. <laughs> to be fair, great reason, dude. Absolutely fantastic reason to become an American. Um, you know, after that Vince Carter dunk, I was ready to go to war. We've been over yeah. this. <laughs> you go right up to a recruiter. How soon can I get it? <laughs> I want to do that to people. Let's go. <laughs> that's 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 coming a, a permanent spot on my hard drive, dude. I fucking love that show. Sit in that fucking basketball jersey. I didn't see him wearing it during the interview, so I only saw him walk out with it on I didn't fast. <laughs> <laughs> The other thing is, like, again, it was, like, little moments of attention to details. Natasha Dimitro, every single time she has this, like, disgusted look at the camera is so fucking funny. So <laughs> like, every once in a while, like, someone will say you're do something fucking imbecilic, and she'll just look at the camera like... <laughs> I keep I keep thinking about the fucking episode where they all possess the same guy to go talk to the girl that works at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> So they're just doing like wildly different PUA strategies from the 1600s. <laughs> that must be season two or season three. That's, it's, I, I think it's dumb. early season three. Yeah, I think it's yeah. like the first or second episode of that season. It's so so here's the benefit good. of me downloading it. Whenever I go to someone else's house, if they don't have Hulu, I got it there for them. There you go, buddy. Yeah. Let me pull out my trusty thumb drive. <laughs> She's standing in that room with all the stuffed animals. Just, I hate this goat. And it just cuts away. <laughs> Dude, even when there's like, I think it was like the pilot episode. They're in like the store. They're buying like glitter and stuff like that. For like I'm the, gonna buy some creepy yeah. paper too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have like that little fold-out skeleton. <laughs> like, I, I really like the strongest endorsement of the show that I can give is that uh. You know, I am in a relationship with somebody who is just notoriously bad at remembering whatever the fuck we're watching. And whenever this show is in its season, she's so just like, oh, no, no, it's Wednesday night. We have to watch this. Like, oh, oh yeah. it was my point. Literally everything else is just gone. This right. show, she's like, yeah, yeah, we're, it's, we're not going more than 48 hours past when it aired before we watch this. Oh, Correct. We have yeah. to see it. Yeah, It was yeah. the one show of appointment viewing I had last year. I yeah totally, um, I fucking loved it. All right, Alex, I guess you had nothing. Uh, Parker, I had nothing. Oh, Alex, you have something. Let's talk Finding Magic Mike, buddy. Oh well, oh, yeah, yeah buddy. Go. Let us talk about my favorite thing I've ever seen in a reality show, which was getting out to the final six 
And then getting eliminated because you broke COVID protocols and had someone come in your hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> Some dark side not, of the not just not just get like like because like they start showing for the first time in the show in this is well, like episode five or six like for the first time in the show they're like showing like you know laptop confessionals from all the people in their rooms and be like yeah wow it really sucks to be out here all by ourselves like you know something's coming. And then, of course, it's the guy you think it's going to be. And, of course, when confronted at his hotel room, he punches the PA. <laughs> it's so good. Ooh. <laughs> now, is this before or after someone gets a grisly injury on set? It's, it's before, by, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> so, like, that happens. Someone gets, like, horribly injured doing a routine. And then they still eliminate someone at the end. And they're all like, what the fuck? I thought we were saying for a challenge. <laughs> Someone just tore their ACL, someone punched an assistant and broke protocol, and they still get kicked off. Like, you can tell that they thought they were getting ten episodes, and then one dude gets kicked off, and then another dude's fucking leg snaps in half on a trampoline. Within, like, 15 minutes of each other. And they're just like... (laughs) Like, episode seven, I had to pause it, because, like, someone gets eliminated, and I realize, like, this is the first ten minutes. What the fuck is going on? And then they just play an episode like normal. Like, they crammed this shit together. That was clearly supposed to be ten episodes. Absolutely. You don't do the elimination at the start of the episode and they go, Okay, and now today we're going to learn this routine. Uh, we're here with fucking Whitney Cummings. She's going to tell some jokes for a while. <laughs> Does she? Correct. Ever? There are so many what? female comedians. Dude, dude, you know I respect uh, them. Every single guest is a female comedian. <laughs> oh, you like, might you know to hear my joke from. about getting a lap dance from a dude. <laughs> you <laughs> might know. Do they I have don't. Fucking Melissa McCarthy on there. They couldn't afford her. Come on. No, you say that. I saw her. There was like a fucking. I don't even remember why she was there, but there was like a, an Alamo "Don't Talk During the Movie" sort of thing with Melissa McCarthy and these two like Chippendales dancers like with her. And stuff, and people were like, guffawing in the theater. My sister and I were like, "What the fuck is this?" And and uh, at the end of the thing, she took one of the Chippendales' hands and placed it on her breast. And I was like, "Man, let's just fucking leave now." That's that's what Kyle Franken. The woman next to you was like, "Oh my god, they used to turn black people away from this." I had no idea. So I assumed that was like part of her bid, having sexy male dancers, and also that would have made sense. But I think that's part of a lot of female comedians' bits, dude. So I I don't know. I hate women. So anyway, yeah, Alex uh, Parker, you guys liked uh, Magic Mike? <laughs> really, a loss of steam near the end of that last yeah. episode. I couldn't give a fuck who won. I I, I knew it was going to be those two because it was course. like those two and the two guys that like died. <laughs> it's like it's very nice that they let the yeah, out of shape yeah it's like all right we got, we got the fat like, guy and the skinny fat guy are now in the final four it's like oh well they're not gonna win wonder the final so. two are gonna be oh the two interchangeably muscular guys god <laughs> i didn't realize until the end of the routine that they were cutting back and forth between them because i just was half paying attention and i was like uh you win okay it's over now it's it's a strong most of a season you know they, yeah. they've got something there Without COVID, you have a better show. But oh, also, like, this is never getting a season two, so it doesn't matter. It's so fascinating that they spent, like, they'd be like, okay, you gotta learn this elaborate routine today. You would watch them do it for two minutes. Like, alright, here's the show. It's like, no, that's the, I want to see them try and learn this. Yeah. That's the interesting part. I don't care about any of this. And it's, it's great, because, like, I, I said this to you at some point, and we were both very early in watching it, but it's like a perfect Which Guy Would I Be show. 
because I like I'm the, I'm the three year old virgin. It's it looks like it's, it's a scenario that like you would never ever ever in a million years think about like what would I do if I were auditioning to be like a male stripper? Like it would never cross your mind. But the second it's like in front of you for ten minutes, it's like oh well I could do that or oh that would be too weird for me. Like you can't not think about it. It's just there the whole time, and it makes the show so fun to watch. Because it's got, like, this angle that, like, it's not like Survivor. It's like, well, what if I volunteered to be on this desert island where there were cameras on me? Like, it's, no, it's it's literally just, like, this is the, like, like it's so in your face. The camera part doesn't matter about it. It's like, what would I do if I were trying to win $100,000 by just dancing on random women at a club? Like, y- you it can't turns out, think about it. It's, they would yeah. all do the same moves. <laughs> they would all just do the moves of the fucking YouTube video of the guys dry humping the ottoman. It's just the same four moves. You know what? Good for him. I'm happy the guy lost his dream of going to the Olympics so he was able to use his fallback plan and win the Magic Mike competition. Every fucking time that they would ask them to do their sexiest move and they would just do the dolphin dive. They would all do the dolphin dive every time. <laughs> Uh, highlight of the show easily for me is the first time they get to go to stay like when they narrow it down to I think six or so and they get to stay in the really fancy place and uh-huh. uh, from off screen you hear the dad bog guy go very nice <laughs> I <laughs> lost my mind <laughs> this was filmed like last year what the fuck <laughs> that guy's a legend I'm what, Anthony, you're like, not gonna make that joke dude come on man Look, if I'm ever at the same bar as Adonis from the Magic Mike show, like, he's drinking for free. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> no way in hell he's coming on is the that show. guy paying for a drink. We should, get a, we should reach out to Adonis' people. We should, we, should, we should reach out to the Asian guy with the handlebar mustache. That guy's is that the mad dog guy? <laughs> yes. The 30-year-old virgin who just wants to get more confident so we can please his girlfriend. Incredibly good. It's it's so it's great because like the the best scenes in the show. Well, so there's two categories. The best scenes. One half are like all the dudes like hanging out in their like Magic Mike clubhouse, which is like a big room with a pool table in it. (laughs) And the other half is every time they do the Q and A's with the women that they dance for, like after the show, and like the women are like, they're just like, hey, you know, you have to be honest about like your experience. And whenever they talk about that guy, they just be like, oh my god, I feel so safe with him. It's like, oh, you have to go home. You literally have to leave right now. Every single one's like so hot. It's like, oh, he was trying so hard. He was so sweet. I don't want to go all oh, when someone's shoving their dick and balls in my face. Yeah. Oh, well, fella, look at you. Look at you go. Oh, it's go so climb. cute. Let me tell God a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a solid three quarters of a season. And it was only like eight episodes. <coughs> yeah, you can do you can do worse with an afternoon. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, dude. Oh, yeah. Get I don't have right a cough button, dude. What do you want me to do? Keeping that. Do you need some water? <coughs> yum, yum, yum. I'm good. Okay. Uh, just a little button on the end of that. Solid three quarters was my nickname in high school. That's so, what I'm talking about. Yeah. Wrap it. All right. <laughs> what else did you watch? Uh, a show I very much enjoyed the first season of was The Righteous Gemstones <laughs> on HBO. And uh, after the, lo- the long COVID break, it's finally come back. Uh, three episodes <laughs> in, very excited to announce that John Goodman has much more to do this time. He's not just like the background patriarch of the megachurch. He actually has a storyline. And we introduce a horrible figure from his past. 
and it just fucking cuts over, and there's Silver Fox Eric Roberts. So I'm watching for the season, boys. <laughs> love to see him get work in 2022. I have a feeling I'd really enjoy the show. I might have to it's check this out. incredibly good. I, I might be transitioning into a TV guy. I don't know. You know, there was a lot of TV this last month, because one shared TV and... Uh, this compromises had to be made. <laughs> that's fair. That's that's fair. I understand it. As you'll see in some of the assignments I did watch, we're like, hey, you, you want to watch this, right? Uh, speaking of TV, uh, I don't know why they made a MacGruber TV show, but I saw it was on Peacock and I hit play. And uh, just throwing this out there, if you like the movie, you'll like the show. And the bad guy is Billy Zane. So that should tell you everything you need to know if you're going to watch it or not. Yeah, mm-hmm. believe it or not, that actually works for me. It's all you need to know. Yeah, uh, uh, but again, like it's a comedy. I I'd just be sitting here running down jokes, so no need to do That's, that. Well, I mean, it, I I don't know. Sometimes there's more that you could say about a comedy. I mean, what we do in the shadows is comedy. We talked about that for twenty minutes. Yeah, but we've all three seen it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I should be like, all right. And there's this one scene. And it's really funny. No, because instead I want to talk to you about the Orange Years, a documentary you assigned me a yes, lifetime ago. One of the two documentaries I own on the Blu-ray. I just want to say up front, the story of Coolio smoking weed on the set of all that is incredibly good. Yeah. (laughs) And all of the kids having to be corralled away from his side of the backstage area. (laughs) Uh, Interesting. I didn't like how it just cuts off, like, right around the SpongeBob era, because it's like... I I knew it. I didn't watch past this. Like, I don't know anything that's coming after this. It's just like an abrupt... You can tell it's made for our age group and no one else. Because it spends yeah. a while on like the early, early days, which I didn't really watch. And we get to the Nicktoons era, and that's like a solid 45 minutes covering mm-hmm. Are You Afraid of the Dark, Snick, Clarissa Explains It All, Rugrats, all that shit. And they're like, and SpongeBob and Dora happened, and they made a lot of money. The end. It's like, oh, oh okay. I mean, I they do the give a pretty story. good reason, is that once SpongeBob happens, I mean, SpongeBob... Maybe people don't realize this, but like SpongeBob was really, really big, and it basically changed the shape of the network. And they made a pretty good uh, point about this: is that once you make that much money, you have no choice but to change because you're going to be hiring more people, and then you have to keep them employed, so you have to advertise a lot more, and you're no longer the like the plucky underdog. Now you're like the big face of television for children. So it's a different era. It's no longer the orange years. It's a different set of years, and who knows? Maybe you'll get like a, a different documentary because there's stuff to talk about in that year of Nickelodeon. Oh, I mean, you yeah, got SpongeBob. <laughs> you got SpongeBob. <laughs> Fairly Odd Parents is apparently a huge moneymaker, mostly because I remember that meme of like, what if there was like a Japanese weeaboo who's who goes to college and his senior year drops out because he wants to study American animation? He's really into <laughs> Fairly Odd Parents. <laughs> Danny Phantom. <laughs> and Danny Phantom and stuff like that. And uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, uh, Drake and Josh. Um, See, the problem is you can't make that documentary because that documentary can only cover that guy who did yep, that's a good all point. of yeah. those shows. See, it can see, only yep. be the John Schneider documentary. Yeah, which is, here's an interesting thing. Like, I might be a capitalist, but I'm not usually enough of a capitalist to be like, yeah, what a great CEO. But uh, Nickelodeon CEO, wow, she actually seemed like really good. Geraldine, she actually she actually kind of kicked ass. I just, I, I, I need to set the record straight. And, right. <laughs> and so the listeners know that I understand that Parker just mixed up the Nickelodeon foot guy with the guy that drafted Cam Chancellor. I so. know what I did. I caught it and I was like, no, I'm going to double down <laughs> on it. I absolutely <laughs> double down on it. Oh my. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> Fuck. 
I didn't even hear that. Thank you, Alex. Now I can L- go listen, and I can edit listen. it. Listen, listen. So, do not, not, do not <laughs> change it. Parker, we need, Parker, we need credibility real on quick. the show. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I'm keeping it. Because <laughs> either you'll be like, uh, I thought it was Dan, or you'll understand exactly yeah. who John Schneider is. <laughs> you'll laugh way harder. <laughs> That's for you, Mac. Enjoy Bruce Irvin, yeah. dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, but there's a lot to like about it. And so one of the things they talked about, they're like, there was an era of Nickelodeon that you didn't watch. And I was like, how could you? It wasn't even on, like, TV in your area. And they didn't do reruns of you can't do that on television anymore. Um, which is probably for the best because those shows weren't very good. Um like no one watched like Hey Dude, I I think no. I can't imagine. I did not watch that hey show's dude. not real. That, I, that's will, that's yeah. some Mandela shit for me. Yeah. Honestly. So here's the thing about it. One of the things I kind of like about the documentary is I don't think I would have liked it, but I liked learning about it. Like I think that's really cool, and it's kind of like nostalgia for an era that I never experienced. That's what this documentary does really well, and that's something that Fast Times at Richmond High does not do very well is I am interested in the genesis of this uh, channel, and I, I thought that that was a really good job of it, you know. And I understand, like, maybe it didn't go into enough detail about... I, I don't think it talked very much about Rocket Power or anywhere near enough detail about Hey Arnold, but there's, like, the, the fact that I talked about the shows that I did talk about, I think it's important for understanding how Nickelodeon got to be the way that it is right now. Uh, I don't know what the future holds for Nickelodeon because I don't have any cable packages, so I don't really watch Nickelodeon. I had to pirate my stream of the Nickelodeon broadcast of the Cowboys game, so uh, that's what I'm talking about. Mods. I will say (laughs) this: the best part of the entire thing was watching Emmett Smith get slimed (laughs) on his phone. (laughs) Yeah, I wish I could pick my bone with you. Uh, Thanks for the warning of the fucking Nick News Magic Johnson aid segment. Dude, I'm sitting there I'm after sorry. work one night, <laughs> high out of my mind, almost in tears, this? as this little girl with AIDS is crying, just telling Magic Johnson she just wants to be treated like everyone else. Thanks dude, for <laughs> nothing, dude. Are dude, you joking? I'm, I didn't. I, I thought I mentioned that actually. So here's the thing. Uh, I wanted nothing more in that moment than to be that little girl's friend. I felt so bad for her, man. Uh, <laughs> AIDS, watching, AIDS, she's AIDS, just like AIDS, donning her ass, like, what AIDS, the AIDS, fuck? AIDS, AIDS, AIDS. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Pope's got it, and so yeah. do you. Yeah. I actually have that song, so maybe I'll put it in there. So, uh, Alex, have you watched the Orange Series yet? Or not yet? It'll get. I, I think you. I think you would enjoy. I, I obviously, I, I would. Nickelodeon, I, we know. <laughs> but, buddy, I have. <laughs> 17 assignments yeah. give me some time oh yeah we haven't i haven't given you any time that's a good point so uh yeah parker, you should have thought yeah. about that man yeah parker what else did you watch um let's see here my last thing oh, with did the you enjoy is just oh yeah i did i just wish i think it's if you watch something like this everyone's gonna have the thing well like well i remember this era more so i wish it focused more on this like it could have been 85 minutes oh, of just yeah. nicktoons and i would have been very happy but, you know that's or not cat dog god damn it i want to know who greenlit rocket power and everything about their life but that's fine we don't even yeah. touch on it whatever I, I, they yeah. show cat dog for a half a second like there's uh. other shows too but it's not important yeah. <laughs> oh let's see right. so i watched this like two fucking months ago and just never brought up because it's so boring but uh to fill out the chris hemsworth space i figured i would get weird with it and go down this IMDb and find some real dumb shit that no one has seen, but would be dumb enough to talk about. So your boy watched Snow White and the Huntsman. 
It's fucking boring. There is <laughs> nothing to say. I watched this shit back in like Wait. November. I have had. Wait, have I seen this? Let me look this up. I feel like I've seen this. Hang on. It is the greatest, ugliest movie you've ever seen. Uh, you've seen. Oh my that, god! Uh, I did see it. I did see. The, I saw this yeah. in theaters. Hey, remember the cool finale where Kristen Stewart gets to fight with a bunch of knife knights in like no, a I d- thirty no. minute battle scene? No, 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 Parker, you don't understand. I don't remember a single fucking thing yeah, about correct. this movie. <laughs> I watched this. This was one of the last movies I watched before my fucking apartment flooded. It's gone. I have no memory. Like, it's just gray and dull and boring. And look, all the Kristen Stewart memes are overplayed. Like, we get it. But she's fucking terrible <laughs> She is you know, god-awful. You know, I, I can't believe I'm saying this before watching Twilight, but, like, I'll defend her because I've seen her in other things. And Kristen Stewart, I I know she can give a good performance. Like, she's actually the only good part of The Runaways. Even though I've seen her in bad performances like this and uh, uh, fucking... What is that? I, both Alex and I watched it. The The remake of Charlie's Angels. She's fucking terrible. Oh, that. The ghost yeah. is not happy about that, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get a whole lot of ghosts in this section. <laughs> yeah, but like, yes, no way. The Huntsman, I I don't even fucking remember that movie. And I, I, I what, know I've seen it. I think what made me do it is because that's the kind of movie where for a solid six years, every year on Black Friday, they'd roll out all the cheap movies. And you look at it and be like, what, what is this? It was year after year you'd pass it, and it'd be like $5 cheaper than it was the year before. And I'd always wonder, like, what is this? Who saw this, and how did it get a sequel? Well, Chris Hemsworth in it, I'll just fucking do it. And, yeah, just nothing. Just been rattling around in my brain for literally two months. There was nothing to watch Black Hat, dude. Nick Frost was in this. Look, I I wanted to watch a real movie, but I thought this would be a funnier option. I wasn't expecting... Just an absolute dud of a nothing movie. Look, I look. I would have watched say- Rush instead. Come on. I'm just saying that you should have watched Black Hat because I want to talk about Black Hat with somebody who actually had subtitles for all the Chinese in that movie because <laughs> I did not, and I was very confused and thought it was just a choice. Oh, I just looked up the trivia. This is the movie that killed Bob Hoskins. So thank you oh, for good. that. Boy, the congrats to all the winners. So, uh, go into YouTube just to jog your memory later. The dwarf scene where it's just a bunch of people like Ian McShane and Bob Hoskins, but just like digitized to be smaller. Horrifying. <laughs> Horrifying. <laughs> It'll you know, shake you to your core, dude. So, dude, you know. here's here's my memory of this movie. All right, my memory of this movie. So, you know, like there are a whole bunch of like Disney live action remakes. I think it started with like Cinderella. I could be wrong, but I think it was Cinderella was the one that kicked him off. I thought this was one of them, and it's not. I thought that this was one of, like, Disney's, like, yeah, live-action remakes, and here's our gritty, grimdark version of Snow White. And I don't... I, why, why did I watch this? I think I watched it with uh, I have my a family. Guess. No, it was my family. Wait, what is your guess? I gotta hear this one. I mean, how many movies did you see because of women you were dating at the time? Come on now. Think about no, when this I came out. No, actually... No, Faithfully, 2012, I was not saying this with a woman. I was I'm pretty sure I saw this with my family. And we all walked out being like, this is a waste of a drive. <laughs> Correct. I would I mean, have guessed this was like 2016 at the earliest, dude. Like, No, this is 2012. This no, is before I, I, went I, know, I know I for a fact you're right. But like, yeah. Because like, you saw the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland, right? Uh, yeah, didn't I didn't you? like that movie at all. Do you remember how they movie. just decide, like, all right, this fairy tale is cool, but we need something for the boys, so let's have a big action scene at the end? Imagine that, but even uglier. 
yeah, the whole thing is so fucking dark too. It's just like like the like go back and watch the original 1937 Snow White the Seven Dwarfs. It's actually like a movie that holds up surprisingly well. There's a lot of color, there's a lot of imagination, and it's a lot of fun. And this one of the the Chris Hemsworth version of Snow White and the Huntsman, which I can't believe I'm fucking saying those nah, words. Ten just... years old this movie is. We need to the... run it through the Gears of War filter so it looks like hot dog shit. It's great. Dude, it, fu- it really does it. look like Gears of War. Yeah. It's horrendous. <laughs> oh my god. I I have forgotten everything about this. I've forgotten more about this movie than you guys have forgotten, I've forgotten about Incredibles 2. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy I could jog your memory. I, I don't know. I... Charlize Theron was in it. That's all right. I'll sign the sequel. And you can watch them both. Not funny. Not funny. Don't do that. What else did you watch, Parker? Have you seen a? God, how do you pronounce it? Is it the Dune director? I'm not even gonna fucking try it. I'm Alejandro Jodorowsky. The other one. <laughs> Dennis Villanueva. Perfect. Oh, David Lynch. Ever... Yeah. Yes, that one. Have yeah, you seen yeah. Prisoners? No, I have not seen Prisoners. I think I that, have, but that has... continue. A fantastic Hugh, Jack- Hugh Jackman performance, but oh, not as good as The Greatest Showman. You fucking chode, <laughs> piece of hot dog shit. <laughs> I don't know why you did this, Sam Chris. What a, yeah, I'm sorry. I should have thought of this. I forgot he doesn't like musicals. Parker, what happens in it? <laughs> why does the whole movie look like the episode of South Park where Butters is in Great Expectation? <laughs> <laughs> There's some good pulls on this episode. That's the best one so far. That's me. <laughs> Do you love her? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. It's incredible. Damn. I'm going to watch that episode over That's time. Such a good fucking episode. I haven't seen that episode in a fucking decade. And I remember it's all coming back right? to me. Dude. Yeah, dude. That's such a good fucking episode. Then go to her. <laughs> anything about great expectations <laughs> when he saw that episode that's i like, read a couple chapters a sur- before i gave up on it that was when i was still trying in high school <laughs> that is a surprisingly faithful adaptation of great expectations really up to a certain no, until the end. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's fucking hilarious because he assembles all these hideous what movies freaks. that i've already forgotten <laughs> the greatest showman <laughs> hugh jackman assembles just this troop of freaks and monsters and nightmare people <laughs> and also zendaya because fuck yourself we need a pretty woman to sing the songs yeah it is boy i'm sure this is how it went down i'm sure he was just a man down on his luck a family man who loved his kids who didn't exploit these freaks and monsters and hanging out with zach efron and zendaya a uh, big fan he? of just uh fucking pt barnum oh, is this a... oh i was going all oh, right i didn't know <laughs> yeah I thought you did. I'm sorry. My fault. My brother's no, calling you know what? You spoiled the movie for Barnum. Me. <laughs> oh, it's different. So here's an interesting little factoid for you, Parker. This movie was so popular that it earned a rerun at the Alamo, and it was a sing-along. Oh. <laughs> the greatest showman to can the you, greatest Can you imagine showman? the greatest showman sing-along at the Alamo? Can you imagine how the theater must have smelled? <laughs> so so uh chris how would you feel about a rule where if one of us buys a ticket for the other one to go to any showing at the alamo they have to go to it oh. i am not doing that 
Those look, we, we both have very specific off days. We yeah, can, anyway. that's the thing we'd have to like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we can. I'm just saying. Like, I don't know. Know. If, I, if, I, if there's a greatest showman sing along on a Monday night, like I'm just gonna throw you with like a like a middle front row ticket. <laughs> There'd be 12 people in the theater behind you. It's like, go take your seat, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd have to assume people are burned out on The Greatest Showman. I'd be the only one in the theater. Uh, even better. You can take off your pants, buddy. All right. Cool. Can I take off my shoes, because there's a Joker moment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Greatest Showman is interesting, because it sucks, and the songs kind of <laughs> suck. But they're just catchy enough for you to not hate it the whole time you're watching it. Like, I've seen... I've been assigned Wars musicals on this fucking show. I'm never going to watch this again, but I was like, oh, that was pleasant. And as soon as it was over, I was like, wait. Fucking sucked ass. <laughs> everyone's singing about believing in themselves and all these inspiring songs about, hey, I'm not ashamed of who I am. And you're going to tell me none of these people were throwing pitchforks at him. you, you got to understand, Parker, I'm going to cut you off when you said... Greatest Showman is interesting because it sucks. <laughs> just cut it there. Yeah, you just leave that. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys, for what broadening my horizons with different types of film. Oh, absolutely, I love dude. I love cinema. Yeah. Do you love? <laughs> <laughs> I, I fucking hate it so much. Perfect recall. Holy shit. <laughs> That was I wrote that down in the first five minutes of that. I need to start taking physical week. notes. I need to start taking physical notes on things again because if I thought I, of something that I, good and forgot it, I would want to shoot myself. Right, dude. Fuck. I, I seriously, I'm gonna be doing that voice to my fucking blender. I'm my cat staring at me. She's about to get a fucking earful. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that'll come for a while. Wait, did Blue you Parker, did you watch? Parker, uh, yeah. what, wait, wait a second, the... Parker. Parker, did you watch the Blues Brothers? Oh, I did. Yeah, I'll I, hear, uh, I'm going to be watching also, it tomorrow. Parker, did you, did you watch the Iranian SpongeBob movie? No, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> Patience no is a virtue. Let's hear about yeah, the, yeah, after the orange years, you know, it's a sequel. <laughs> oh yeah, good call. It's a, that's a different era, so we you know we <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, as you alluded to earlier, with having absolutely no luck with comedies from that era, I was very surprised at how much I like the Blues Brothers. You know, that's the thing. Is like, there's comedy. a lot of really good comedy, and also the songs are uh, not your typical. Uh, favorites. No, but you know, they're not what I would listen to. But I'm not an asshole. Yeah. Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm not going to criticize Aretha Franklin on MLK's birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I didn't know much about the movie. Like, I've heard it referenced. I know the song. I know a bunch of the lines. So when it ends, I see directed by John Landis. I really hooted and hollered. (laughs) Like, (laughs) damn, I I can't hate this as much as I wanted to. (laughs) Or can I? See, that's Uh, the thing about John Landis. You could hate him. It's like, yeah, it's a good movie, you know? He he had a good run. And then, uh, well, insert joke there. It's kind of weird to see, like, Dan Aykroyd funny. Oh, for real. I was yeah. surprised. And, like, physical acting at all. Yeah. yeah. And not to be the fat one in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, he's the skinny one. <laughs> he's the fucking beanpole in here. 
uh, one of the great Catholic movies of our time. <laughs> Did not fact, know how many car wrecks there would be. Big fan, dude. Dude, My that's God. the thing. It's like I, I've always maintained, dude. The Blues Brothers is a third has the third greatest car chase in a movie. It's number two, pretty... Death Proof, and number one is practically cheating as Fury Road because it's like it's... All <laughs> so you're saying Yellow Cyclone hasn't seen this. <laughs> Dude, getting, getting back to the Catholicism, which, by the way, what, part of our intro, part of our intro now is taken from this movie with filthy mouths and bad attitudes, which is one of my all-time favorite lines. Uh, but it's the scene where they're going up to see the penguin, right? They're in that like that that stairwell, and they're walking up, and they see that picture of Jesus on the cross. Who's never looked worse. He's just, he looks worse than he did in The Passion. <laughs> and they just kind of look at him like, uh. <laughs> they go up. If you want to know what Catholicism is, if you want to know what transubstantiation is, just watch that scene. And that's what it's like to go to Mass on Sunday. Like, uh. Oh, boy. Yeah, but then you get out and you get to go watch The Patriots. That's right. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I like the, Were there any scenes you liked in particular? Besides well, Carrie Fisher. No, it's... Oh, my God. Please. She was actually really good, though, oh right? <laughs> Absolutely. I will say... She the, was doing more drugs than... It that. doesn't follow a real uh, particular structure. So I know I was mm-hmm. doing a lot of tidying up around here. It just moved in. And I pause it at one point, and I look and see, like, how is there still 50 minutes left? <laughs> They're going <laughs> to the big performance. What the yeah. fuck is happening? But no, uh, good movie. Several very good car chases. Which is, oh, yeah. <laughs> love to see that. Fucking Illinois Nazis, man. <laughs> uh, I remembered after I looked it up, like, oh, that's right. The main Nazi. Uh, where do I know him from? Of course, Biodome. Where else would I know him from? <laughs> <laughs> And also Merv Stapleton. Yes. <laughs> he said last night, you guys killed himself, <laughs> killed his wife. <laughs> Took his shit in his pool and ate all of her ribbon candy. His, his ribbon candy. candy. But if I think you guys are also to finance, huh? if you're ready to finance my new metal remake, hit me up. Dude, your like fucking tweet about that was like, we're on a mission for Rob. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good movie. We have to go oh, to yeah. the fucking local diner to recruit Monkey from Corn to play bass for the Blues Brothers. Dude, I, so I was at work the other night and fucking Last Resort came over the speakers in the break room. Oh and like, God. it's so easy to forget just what a shitty song Last it's Resort so is. Dude, so bad. It's, but also, yeah. you're just immediately back in it. <laughs> We went to a bar in Alabama to find John Myung. <laughs> I went to a fucking hole-in-the-wall pizza place, took out my AirPods, and they were playing Girl All the Bad Guys Want from Bowling for Soup. <laughs> <laughs> there were four people in there, and three of them were bikers. It was a lot to take in. Dude, my fucking favorite my favorite trick to do at uh, Trivia is every single time any song came on, I would ask Josh, is this Bowling for Soup? And he would get actually mad. <laughs> I love that friend. <laughs> is this P.O.D.? <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> well, you of all people know if it's P.O.D. Oh, Christian. <laughs> and if there's... Are they really? I didn't know that. Oh, Whenever I hear P.O.D., I think... call them P.O.D. I remade that. I retweeted that. Copyright Chrisfield 2022. I always thought that they were like Pick of Destiny, so... With that being said, I guess we can move on to Silent Rage. <laughs> so, uh, Silent Rage, starring one Travius Norris. Um, and 
this fucking guy who really does look like Beto O'Rourke without a color. He's <laughs> losing his fucking mind from frame one. Yeah. When like, the you movie see just, just like, <laughs> you're like kids running around see. screaming. Yeah. They're like shooting each other with like, by the way, I didn't know kids had that kind of toy in 1980s. Like, I never had a gun that made like machine gun sounds. That's a fucking awesome toy. Why don't I? Have oh, that? I had one of those. It was dope. Oh, you did? I was poor. So anyway, hey, like. It, it was like $3 and it got taken away like half the night so it shoot in the middle of the night. But, you yeah. know. So it's not like the fucking bla- Beyblade that you just sent right into the fucking drain. <laughs> anyway so we see this guy's face the first thing i said first thing i wrote down is oh that guy's gotta be a problem that guy is i would not have that guy around the house so uh so parker compared this movie when pitching it to you as uh chuck norris fights uh michael Michael myers yeah and uh this first scene is actually like so structurally similar to this first scene of halloween but so much stupider. And that's what yeah. makes it so good. I think it's one of my favorite John parts He's a real director. This just has a guy handshaking, holding the phone, going, Doc, Doc, I'm losing it here. Yeah, it's okay. Just like meditate or something. It's, you'll be fine. Then it cut to, it might as well be the woman with the eye patch from Twin Peaks. Yeah. Now you boys, you better stop Why? making all that noise or bother the chickens. And like, he is just, uh, uh, he's got an axe. I want to talk about the scene where he's chopping wood. <laughs> 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 Dude, they I live in like a like fucking townhouse <laughs> like why is he cho- like what fucking fireplace does this house have i know <laughs> i don't get it dude I, they're just like well he's got to do something here uh wood piles someone have an axe go go get an axe hardware sir you pick up an axe you ever used an axe before you haven't great let's go make the scene even better and <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, then he goes to, uh, he goes to the chicken coop, which, uh, I think this is the intro to a Buckethead album, and, uh, the kids have to go upstairs, and he comes out with the axe, and, uh, just goes ham bone on this woman. <laughs> Half this movie is the climax from The Witch. He just goes <laughs> ham shit with that axe. Yeah, but it starts with that. There's no... Uh, so <laughs> He's just like, oh, we gotta meet our villain. Oh, Doc, I can't fucking do it, man! And he just goes and hacks his screeching harpy of a wife up. I understand yeah. totally. No, yeah, I have to say, you know, as stupid as the scene is, it's one of the best scenes in the entire movie. It's so good. It's, it's great. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, there's actually and some I'll... really good camera work. There's, like, establishing, you know, who and what your characters are and what this person is and how to deal with them and everything. You're just like... Oh shit! Oh, this is a uh, this is something. And then <laughs> Sheriff Chuck Norris pulls up with <laughs> with with I, a person who I just nicknamed Deputy Diabetes. <laughs> Deputy me. <laughs> Even you don't need this much. So here, well. yeah. So uh, the, so the first thing you hear is Chuck Norris's voice, and like I, I've mentioned that I'm a voice guy and stuff. Chuck Norris has the worst voice for any of these fucking movies because it's just too like I don't even know if this word makes sense, but it's too like buttery. It's too like smooth and, and sweet at the same time. It just like it almost sounds like he wants to be the serial killer's friend. He's like, all right, now hold up, we're gonna go inside and apprehend this son of a bitch. And you're just like, <laughs> oh, all right, I guess he'll do everything. He and sounds right like bat, he's been trained as an infomercial guy. Like, yeah, yeah. Which I think he's yeah he's done a lot of infomercials. I remember seeing him. He's, he's a natural for them. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a perfect exactly. voice for it. Yeah. So 
he goes into the house. He's kind of looking around, and he doesn't seem threatened. The first thing I notice is he has the mustache, but not the beard. It's a good mustache. He looks way better with the beard. Oh yeah, it's very important. To the goatees, yeah, yeah, for him, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah, for him. It's, it's just all right. Like it was the eighties. Everyone was experimenting. It's cool. Yeah, you, you know. So yeah, speaking of experimenting, boy, the only thing he hates more than cold blood, more than cold blooded killers is gay people and undead cold blooded killers. We'll get to the better part. <laughs> so uh, as soon as he enters the scene and is confronted with the cold blooded killer, he kind of ruins the scene because I. I think it's the Foley work. It's just the sound effects are fucking terrible. Like, he blocks the axe, and there's, like, no sound effect. I was like, what the fuck is that? And then they overcompensate later, where every punch sounds like people hitting two coconuts together. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking ridiculous. So, anyway, like, the guy jumps off the roof, and there's, like, no sound. The deputy diabetes points his gun and nearly blows his head off. (laughs) Why does this dude already have the strength? I don't understand. Yeah. He's yeah, okay, a great yeah. shithouse. Don't yeah, that's the thing. I'll hit so him. Like, so first of all, like you're he, you're kicking the shit out of Chuck Norris, and I like the Chuck Norris jokes are so 2001, but like only one guy gets to kick the shit out of Chuck Norris, and that's Jackie Chan. So for him to do all this is really fucking obnoxious, and I I don't believe it. I just feel like couldn't you have cast anyone else? Couldn't you have cast? Who else is from Texas? Rick Perry instead of Beto O'Rourke in this role. <laughs> oh my god, you should have gone with their crippled governor, dude. <laughs> All right, well, you know. He needs the mitogen so he can walk again. You know, we try to keep this podcast apolitical, like the Joker, so anyway. Uh, so, so anyway. <laughs> so anyway, Chuck Norris and his deputy murder the uh, the, the guy played by Dan Crenshaw, and they take him to the hospital dude, to get a new eye. fucking blow him to pieces. <laughs> they get the Robocop death, dude. <laughs> they, they execute him. I forgot him. about that. They fucking, there, is, there is less of him than being began this movie dude it looks like a character getting machine gun in team america it's, it's unbelievably good it's it's like that scene in jackass one where where knoxville's going to get shot by like that pelican and like he, they shoot the paper target the paper target's just gone <laughs> we have to just reiterate like this dude is just a guy who has a mental break five minutes later he just goes and just breaks the handcuffs by sheer force right. of will and, and takes then he the cops the gun. door he kicks open the door and he kicks the door like 15 feet away from the car. And it's, it's like, like in Santa's yeah. sleigh where he just runs through the yeah. chimney. Like, it's a fucking monster. I'm, uh, I'm choosing to go with the strategy that he was naturally strong and that's dude. what made all of the drugs make him extra strong. No, 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 I'm telling you, dude, it's like that episode of Cops. You can't break these chains. Dude, the only episode of Cops I remember is the one where the midget climbs the telephone pole. <laughs> Well, this guy is, again, like, wouldn't you cast, like, a professional wrestler? Wouldn't this be, like, a Hulk Hogan sort of role or something like that? Instead of just with this budget. Well, okay, to be fair, yeah. You'll get King Kong Bundy and like it, dickhead. (laughs) Yeah. Chuck Norris against the big show. Better movie. So I was wondering if this is, like, one of those, like, is he, like, one of those, like, moms who has, like, a baby pinned underneath a semi or something like that? She has to, like, pick up the truck in order to get her baby out or something? That's the kind of strength that he has. Flip the truck. Yeah, so that's what they do. We all know what what we're referring to here. We don't need to say it, but we all know what kind of strength he has. Next right, but we are, we are classy enough. We would never ever. Chris, say we retard. won't say it while she's listening. You just tell yeah. us when it goes south, yeah. and then we'll go back to it. Cut all 
we got you back. But... So we go to the hospital, and uh, Doctor Serpico does not want to inject this guy with the superhuman drug. Dude, uh, how the fuck did like the Nazi scientists get to 1980s Texas? I'm so confused. I right next know, to Argentina, he, dude. A hop and a skip. He, <laughs> he got out of this just like right after elves. You know, he just, <laughs> once they all got in, that's when we shut the border. Right. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. This Thanks scene lot, is Tom great because. We've got three doctors working on him. One who's just full-on Dr. Frankenstein, like, what if we just fucking pump a full of this, see what happens? I can save him. <laughs> One guy was like, hey, that's a human being. And then the third guy's like, uh, fucking flip a coin, I don't he care. He literally says, goal. you guys want to like, flip a coin or something? <laughs> that guy, this, that man has a sandwich waiting for him. He's yeah. fucking tired of this. He's over Sterling he's performance from Brett Kavanaugh. just sitting in the fridge. <laughs> Why am I bothering getting a bun toaster? It's going to get fucking cold. Let's go, guys. Inject this man. Seriously, I can't get over Dr. Serpico's voice. He actually sounds like the Bada Bing Babadook guy. So. <laughs> Yo, what are you injecting with the purple liquid for? Hey, what are we doing here? And the guy's like, no, I couldn't save him. And uh, they do. Meanwhile, we cut to the most fake Indian doctor I've ever heard in my life. What the <laughs> fuck are we doing? It's uh, This scene's great because he's just giving the whole plot rundown of like, yeah, we're not really a normal hospital. I'm not going to do the accent. We're not a normal he, hospital. We do all these tests. And then his fat party goes, oh, do you mean you work on monkeys? Like, great. <laughs> <laughs> we just watch a man yes, murder his family. Yeah, but also, <laughs> better movie. 100%. Like, they just go, like, full Apu with this guy. And it reminds me of, like, the guy from Short Circuit. Like, the clearly white guy. <laughs> That's just what like, I was Making thinking. fun of every Indian person, you know? I couldn't remember his name. Thank you. I don't remember. Like, yeah, I just remember Short Circuit. So, like, yeah. We injected him with the mitogen and he's entered the long okay, one more thing about, Yeah, One more thing about Short Circuit. So, remember Johnny 23 in Con Air? Okay. Do you know why they call me Johnny 23? <laughs> call me Johnny 600 if they do the truth. <laughs> Cut that. Anyway. Nope, absolutely not. Either you know or you don't. So, uh, anyway, turns out that Chuck Norris used to fuck the sister of the doctor, and it feels like the movie expects us to already know this in a way. And this, this really does feel like a sequel movie to like a TV show right, that exactly. no one has it's ever just, seen. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, oh, yeah, remember these two? This hot little item? And we're just like, yeah. Oh, you didn't read the prequel graphic novel? You're lost, yeah. man. And here's the thing. So, like, uh, in real life, Chuck Norris is, like, super, super Christian and, like, really virulently anti-gay, um, anti anything with the democrats and whatever so you're just like oh maybe he'll be like yeah i treat women with respect not in this movie no uh he's staring daggers at her tits in front of her brother and just being like yeah we've been familiar i've been and like just like and she's like no absolutely not hey would you want to give me a ride home no i'm not interested but i will give you a lift and we are like, not naming our go kart the Mob <laughs> yeah. Avenger. Like she's driving him home, and he has his hands like all over her. I'm like Chuck, this is this isn't what I know. What are you doing? And she's like, God damn, man, this is why she didn't want to give you a ride. It, this, it's so much better. She's like, no, absolutely not. I will. There's no way I am letting you splurt inside me. Cut to the next scene after he's already came inside her twice, and she's like, don't get any funny ideas, Mister. I'm like. <laughs> 
Dude, there's he so gave up the many goat lady. sex scenes in this Chuck Norris movie. <laughs> so I someone have... pointed this out to me, and then I rewatched the scene. Why doesn't he open his mouth when he's kissing her? It looks like his fucking jaw is wired shut. He cannot open it more than like an inch. And so it's the I, most uncomfortable makeout scene. I'm un, I'm unhappy to say this, but I did some research into that specific uh, thing here. Turns out Thank he was you. very uncomfortable doing the love scenes, like the kung fu and stuff like that. Like he would try to so why'd you write four of them? Uh, well, uh, I don't know. Uh, also, apparently, two of his brothers worked on this, so his brothers are telling, him, "Yeah, get on in there." No, grab her breast. All more. of his shitty movies. Yeah, I which movies. is which is kind of funny because like the the stunts in this movie kind of suck. And, like you look at like Jackie <laughs> Chan scene, but they're like really good. Yeah. So, uh, it's like, boy, wouldn't you rather get a new team? But, you know, Christianity and a family. So, uh, yeah, after you make sidekicks, you just gotta keep you can't the just, You can't just select yeah. a new team. That's how you end up like Judas slash Josh McDaniels. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, back to Silent Rage. Uh, while all this is going on, the doctors inject the purple liquid into the corpse... And now it can regenerate. Like they they use like a scalpel to like close the wounds and stuff like that. And you're just like, all right. So they defeated God. Uh, it's like you figure it out by yeah. yourself. I don't understand how that fucking works. Like I, how, I almost it's... feel like the movie is like implying. I'm sorry, I'll continue to say it, but like I, I kind of feel like the movie's implying that like he already had some of this in him. And I'm like that would actually be the only explanation for how he's able to break those chains. Like, there's no other way, right? Like, maybe he already had some sort of superhuman gene within him or something. Maybe he's already Wolverine or something. But if they're just like, no, it was all the liquid, this is what happens when you play God, they're just like, yeah, well, you just created Jason Voorhees, so thanks. Chuck Norris, you have to fight the devil, and the only way you can beat him is to sling a lot of dick in our movie and then fight him. (laughs) No, dude, it's important. Don't worry. If it's for the good of the world, I guess. (laughs) You're going to tell me that three... Doctors out of buttfuck Texas created Majin Buu in a lab. Like, what is this movie? <laughs> they just injected him with the ooze from Ninja Turtles, and I was like, "Well, he can't die now." Who created a mortal killing machine with no conscience? You figure it out. You know, like this movie kind of takes a while to get from the opening scene to like the rest of the movie that you care about, but also like, I kind of like that there's a reason that he's like a psycho zombie killer that's like unstoppable by bullets and like it's done in a way that like in the moment you're like this is kind of dragging but when you think back after you watch the whole thing it's like oh that was kind of succinct like that was oh, yeah yeah a reasonable amount of time for this guy's backstory i'm good yeah with that. that's actually one of the things that the movie does really well is like you don't really need a tremendous amount of, you don't need to see like childhood trauma you don't need to see like this that and the other thing <laughs> like it just tells you really quickly he's like this that's lady what is it <laughs> childhood trauma do we want to talk about a his sheriff's childhood story with this talk Please, <laughs> please tell me the story. Oh, uh, uh, I'm applying to be a deputy, but I'm scared this is gonna be on my permanent record. And then just talks about giving his dog a bath in the toilet, which <laughs> that should be an immediate disqualification. <laughs> and he wants to dry the dog off, but he doesn't want to put it in the dryer because that'll hurt it. So he just puts it in the deep freezer and forgets about it. Oh, and this poor oh, mom had comes home with a fucking bucket of fucking hog hooves or some shit opens the freezer and there's just a dog looking like Jack Nicholson in the, shop. <laughs> in the fucking freezer 
<laughs> this man's gonna be a deputy. He's gonna be carrying a gun and upholding the southern law. Which yeah, they should make him a sergeant for this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, sheriff, sheriff, they won't let me become a full-time sheriff, just a deputy, all because some little five-year-old boy drowned in my pond. <laughs> you can't sit there. Reach for the stars. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how to swim? Don't make me get the mods. <laughs> oh boy! So uh, yeah, Deputy Diabetes is boy. He has some faces in this movie. <laughs> you want to talk about a character that could get cut out? <laughs> yeah, hold on. First of all, we talking like he is the second fattest character we've ever seen in a movie. Obviously, the fattest character we've ever seen is what was that karate? The Seattle Karate movie that we saw. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Seattle Karate. Yeah. No retreat, no surrender. A yeah, candle to California Karate. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that guy—he the first time we see him, he's eating cake. <laughs> like he's raw cake. dogging cake. <laughs> he, just, oh, he, he doesn't even have a fork. He's right to his gullet. <laughs> and so the first odd. time he does it, he looks like Louis Anderson. <laughs> so that guy's the fattest, but I think the second fattest is uh, yeah. Jean Fla- Jean-Claude Van Damme when he's playing goalie in uh, uh, Sun Death. It's close. This guy is exceptionally fat. And one of the, like, it's not just, like, eating a lot and getting fat. Like, there's there's some physical things you have to do. For example, the look that he gives when he almost shoots Chuck Norris in the head, he just says, uh, the bulk and skulls are... <laughs> if I told you he looks at the camera fatly, you know exactly what that means. In any other movie, this guy dies at the twenty minute mark, and it's the reason that Chuck Norris is trying to hunt down the killer. Right, In this exactly. movie, he's just there. Yeah, he's boy. He, no, he he's is everywhere. Sits in the car going, "Oh, did you see the fucking knockers on that one, dude?" Great. Wait, okay, so I want to get to that. Okay, so yes. Chuck Norris is way too patient with this guy. He's like, "No, you know what? Maybe it's time to stand up for yourself and keep fighting." It was very brave of you to tell me that story of you murdering. Chuck, speak up. So- Chuck, louder. <laughs> So he's like, hey, can we go into that blues bar over there? And then we spend ten minutes of this guy <laughs> spinning out on the highway <laughs> trying to get to a bar where apparently the Texas Rangers go all the time. And uh, they go inside. I, the only way I can compare it, Parker, this for you, it looks like Club Scum. And, uh, <laughs> Real hobgoblins in there. Yeah, yeah, it goes in there. It just looks like a fucking scene from Full Throttle. It goes in there. There's all these biker guys looking in there. It's like, oh, hey, shit, we should get up against the wall. <laughs> and, like, and Norris doesn't say anything this entire movie, probably because he didn't have a mic on him. And that one girl goes right and just like, hey, you ever seen a pair of, like, these? And goes, like, and the guy <laughs> looks at her tits, and there's no other way to, to say it, but he looks at them fatly. He looks is it because I know how to do <laughs> I genuinely think he wanted to eat them in that moment. He re- like she fucking bears her breast there and by the way, very nice. And he just reaches out like, like that. And Chuck Dor is like, hey, huh? Deputy, get in the car, call for backup. And the guy's like, they were the biggest pair I've done ever seen. And the guy's just like, I have to buy an AT&T phone. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, never go full awooga, please. <laughs> and then his big fucking tongue unfurls down the table. And he starts slamming his fist on the table. He literally looks like the the, the, the guy from like a comic book panel going, Bueno. <laughs> <laughs> so Chuck Norris proceeds to kill everyone inside the bar. 
It's pretty good fight scene. Yeah. <laughs> like how the villain's not here yet. Well, what if he just beat the shit out of like? Yeah, would have been a bikers? lot better if I could see what the fuck was going on. <laughs> Apparently, they the... like took over the bar. They're like, okay, we need a breakaway window. We did all this fight, uh, like stunt and fight choreography and everything, but we didn't buy any light bulbs. Damn. Well, so the whole scene the is burger budget was too high. Fucking darkness. <laughs> hey, Parker, how many Texas Rangers did it take to change a light bulb? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Nothing! <laughs> I've had a bad enough weekend, please. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, well. Uh, so the maniac killer uh, is revived. <laughs> he just sits up like Frankenstein. And he decides he's going to go after Officer Serpico. Why? Because while he was dying on the gurney, he overheard Officer Serpico say, Hey, yo, why not just let him die? I'm walking here. So he decides to go to his house and fucking kill him. Now, luckily, Serpico's armed, because Newark's finest. And uh, turns out bullets don't work so well on this guy. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's, what, a, what a fucking gimme for the movie. Like, oh, we injected him. And now he's bulletproof and can instantly heal all injuries. Yeah, like, right, sure. And uh, yeah, they just keep shooting him for the next hour, and he's yeah. stumbling forward. I, now, see that here's the weird thing: all the time that Chuck Norris is at Club Scum kicking the shit out of bikers, I was like, "Hey, how about the undead guy? Why are we showing him?" Like that kind of feels like it's the draw of your movie. But they're like, "No, no, no! This is character development. Watch, look at that roundhouse. See, now we know more about Chuck Norris." I'm like, "Oh, well, I kind of expected he could do that. I did see Way of the Dragon." So uh, <laughs> now we get to the undead killer, and you're right; it really kind of just is. Hey, let's. Sh- oh, he's still alive. Hey, let's. Sh- oh, he's still alive. Hmm. I wonder and if this just... doctor has a loving wife at home. I sure hope oh, nothing bad yeah. happens to them. They seem like they're in a good place. Oh. Whoops. Then, Her death is uh, pretty good. I gotta say. Yeah, because it's a nice little couple minutes of her like creeping around the house, peeking around corners. Yeah. The jump scare for that was actually grabs good. Grabs her by the head, and throws yeah, her. Yeah, then the it wall. bonks. Yeah, that, that was actually a pretty good jump scare. So then, yeah, what was it? Chuck Norris and the bad guy. They pursue each other, and they pursue each other, and they pursue each other, and um, and then at some point, uh, he gets injected with sulfuric acid. Which oh, just yeah, makes him matter, apparently. <laughs> yeah, it turns out that does not make him any happier. And, uh, I forgot about that already. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's the thing. That like, this movie does not have a tremendous amount of memorable scenes, but the next one is pretty memorable. They light him on fucking fire. <laughs> yeah, <dude. laughs> they hit him, and then he just emerges from the lake like it fucking Land of the Dead with like, yeah. just the top half of his head poking out. The- dude, can you imagine being the stuntman for that and being like, hi, I'm Chuck Norris's brother. We're going to light you on fire. <laughs> it's funny because like as you're listening to this you of course think this sounds absolutely dumb as fucking shit and you are correct but also like for a movie with an indestructible killer it really leans into having an indestructible killer oh, but yeah. just showing how many dumb fucking things he can survive and that's what makes this movie good like yeah, so- that is what's enjoyable about this whole fucking exercise yeah so contrast this with like the Jason Voorhees stuff where it's like Jason is indestructible in those movies. Uh, those movies are more about Jason killing other people. This maniac killer just seems like he keeps on going, almost like a mummy. Like, he keeps on, and that's like, that's the fun of it. You know, this like, oh, they're going to try this, this doesn't work. So you're kind of thinking in your head, what would I do in this situation? How, what's a good way to kill him? And once you see him get lit on fire, you're just like, that's a pretty good idea. Like, you just fucking, like, immolate this guy. It's like, there's not much. Then he goes in the river, so... 
Because that comes, he's knocked out of a window. He lands, stumbles back up, gets hit by a car. Yeah. Grabs onto the bumper oh, as it's driving off. Dude. And crawls <laughs> into the back seat. Forces them off road. Flips the car. Then he's lit on fire. And at that point, he's just like, damn, my only option is to fight yeah. him hand to hand. That's the only so, thing we can do. I, I will say, by the way, when he starts sketching, that was the only stunt that I really liked. I was like, wait, that actually takes a lot of skill. That's, I don't know that's how pretty that. impressive. Yeah, that was like, okay, even Tony Hawk can do that. So then he decides, yeah, Chuck Norris versus the incredible monster that couldn't be stopped. And uh, a lot of Hapido involved, I guess. Parker is the no, there's no score. It's just all you oh, hear is Chuck mind. kicking oh. this dude in the face. Oh yeah, yeah. Over that's the thing. It's like it, over it, it, it feels over. like, dude. It feels like one of those like '70s MST3K movies where you're just like looking for a score, and then you just hear Tom Servo talking the entire time, and he's just like, <laughs> like he's literally doing like arm throw him over the back sort of things. So you're just like, really? You're using that move on him? Come on! And then he throws him down a well. And then and we the only thing nice time. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, of course I wrote down in my country there's a problem, don't worry about it. But like, <laughs> the only thing you can think is like, why would that be enough? Why is the movie over? <laughs> he survived everything. He just went down a well. And they're just like, oh boy, I'm glad that's over. And they hug and walk off. Like, absolutely fuck yourself. And then it ends on the Friday the 13th jump scare. Dude, oh that was so fucking funny. Because it was even worse than that. It looks like one it's... of those like abstract paintings of just going... <laughs> it doesn't look human. Why yeah. are there not five sequels? That's so, the only yeah, question Yeah, stay I tuned have. for Silent Rage 2. <laughs> That's not fair. This movie... I could have watched easily five movies of Chuck Norris going to different small towns... Yeah. Fighting Some... his unstoppable machines. Somehow the third best Chuck Norris movie I've seen. It's so good. Also, because his movies are just wretched. Yeah, the only I think the only good one he ever made was Way of the Dragon. Uh, yeah, we'll, give him credit uh, for that. we'll talk about one before we go off mic. Oh, jinky! Oh, I have a suggestion oh, no. for next week. So, well, I have an assignment for next week. All right, uh, let's get on to the game of games. Oh, speaking of assignments. <laughs> <laughs> Three thirty in the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. So we have some week eighteen housekeeping to get to. Um. Because I didn't forget. Um. Are you sure? Right. We could. So, uh, in in week eighteen, I got wins from my 49ers, my Browns, my Bucks, and my Bills. Big wins all across the board. Uh, Parker got wins from his Chiefs and his Dolphins, and uh, that's all we have to report here. It's not uh, a lot of names. Uh, Chris got wins from his Titans, his Raiders, his Saints, his Steelers, and his football team, which I guess won. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, uh, Chris, you get to assign a movie to Parker for week 18. Okay, Parker, I know you like Chuck Norris. So, I'm going to assign you a direct-to-DVD movie he made, directed by his brother, and also starring the guy from Weekend at Bernie's. This one is called Forest Warrior. Remember oh, when Steve... Did you... 
Did you see me add that to my fucking wish list today? You I did not. I did not. God damn it. Shit. I was going to well, sneak attack one of you like, with that. Damn. <laughs> see, that's the thing. So, like, Forrest, where, remember when Steven Seagal went environmental? Well, so did Chuck Norris, or maybe one of Chuck Norris's brothers. I don't know. Because <laughs> I heard about it, and I went on the letterbox, and it was like, the first thing is like, he can transform into a wolf and a hog. I was like, yeah, download. Sure. Let's go. I'll make someone watch this. <laughs> yeah, he does, in fact, transform into a hawk. So, uh, we'll have a good yeah. time. Go. 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 All right, so for the uh, the first round of the playoffs, how we're going to do this is if you've got a team that gets a playoff win, you get uh, you know you get a point for that, and also right. you get a Dragon Ball for each one of your teams that wins. So we're just going to we're gonna get on the list here and see if, which teams won for each person. All right, Chris, Titans didn't play. Panthers, no. Raiders, no. Saints, no. Steelers, no. Cardinals, no. Football team, no. Bears, no. All right, so you get zero. Well. <laughs> well, it's a reversal. Well, that's that's not the greatest. <laughs> I want to say Parker a better move. <laughs> all right. Parker. Or should have uh, counted those buys as wins, huh? <laughs> yeah, probably. Right. So, uh, Parker, your Bengals got a win. Packers oh. didn't play. Pats lost. Rams got a win. That's two. Chiefs got a win. That's three. Jags, Dolphins, Ravens, nothing. So we're going to bump you up to 20 Dragon Balls. And just remember you got... You got Three wins. That's a hog champ right there. Yeah. All right. Let's see what I got. Uh, Colts didn't play. Chargers didn't play. That's rough. Niners won. Eagles lost. Browns didn't play. Giants didn't play. Buccaneers won. And Bills won. So that's three Dragon Balls for me. How did ties work? No. Uh, I remember how ties work. Oh, shit. No, that's not supposed to be. No, no. Leave it. Leave it. Leave it. Leave it. No. (laughs) If I I leave it, I'm spending them. Uh, So so Parker and I are both going to assign a movie to Chris now because of the tie. Uh, Parker, you want to go first? I think my friends like me. Um, You go first. I'll see how you play it, and then I'll follow up. New year. New podcast. Uh, You're not going to like how I play this. (laughs) Oh, jinkies. So, uh, Chris, as you know, like, I have, I've done a bit of studying history in my life, you know, uh, basically, you know, the post-World War II era after the bomb was dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki and, you know, the way that, like, mutually assured destruction, destruction stopped everybody from attacking each other, you know, Cuban Missile Crisis, blah, 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 blah. Nobody wanted to cross the line. Yeah, of course. Where is this But, uh, uh, so... At some point, somebody needs to drop a bomb in order to deter everyone else from dropping a bomb in the future. That's how oh, the world no. decided that things oh, work. Oh, no. Now, the thing about nuclear deterrence is that, like, everybody involved knows, like, what the parameters are. Just, like, there's, like, a thing. It's like, hey, we're not going to do this to each other. Like, we're, we're drawing the line here. No that's one's ever going to cross said. this line. Yeah, that's how it's supposed to work. But unfortunately, thanks to one Harry Truman, like, somebody has to drop the first bomb. So it is time that you watch The Scary of 61st. I was going to download that this week. Thank you so much. <laughs> what the fuck is oh. the scary... Oh, we, we talked about this before the year. The scary yeah. of 61st. Uh, so, uh, I listened to someone talk about this, not putting together this as a movie we had previously discussed, uh-huh. and knowing what that is and who that is. Yep. I have to watch it. I have to know. Let me... Let me look this up here. The scary... Oh, Oh yes! So uh, it's got no, two of your favorite things. No, come yeah. on! Yeah, what a diabolical Man, move on your part. I've literally <laughs> never listened to Red Scare. 
Do you think oh, either oh, of us have? have? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah, There's all that shit about fucking Dasha and Anna, unpronounceable last name. Oh, I just looked it up. Anna Kachian as Ghislaine Maxwell Doppelganger. Fun. <laughs> oh, did you not know who's about Epstein? Dasha Nekrasova <laughs> as the girl. Of course, you know. Wait, wait, you can't call your character the girl, but there's someone named Noelle and someone named Addie and... That's the girl. Right. Yeah, this would be good. Christian Only Blow 81 Bell minutes. IndieWire praised the film as thrilling and unforgettable, drawing comparisons to Eyes Wide Shut and the works I... of Roman Polanski. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I bet it's unforgettable. I bet it yeah. is. Yeah, well, I get great. I get to see Adam Freeland's ex-girlfriend's directorial debut. Finally, all right. Um, Parker, what's your assignment for Chris? I'll be nicer. You know, we watched all the Matrix movies, had a wonderful time. Any movie. (laughs) I don't think you've watched Man of Tai Chi yet, have you? No, I haven't. The lone Keanu Reeves directorial effort. Man of Tai Chi. Thank you. Man, should this just be an episode? It, I mean, that's in the cards. Could be. It could, be. be. could be. All right. Yeah, All right. We'll, right. we'll let Chris decide. Because I'm ready to watch this movie again. It's so Absolutely. good. It's so first. Look, it had to happen. Someone oh, had to boy. watch it. And I had to make sure it wasn't going to be me. I'm surprised it wasn't me. It was... I, it I was it might still be me. I was giving it to whoever lost this week. Like, that's fair. Oh. It's... It's not like that was one that was specifically to be mean to Chris. It's not like you would have been happy with that. I'm watching. Man, I can't believe you were down to one TV and had to agree on things to watch and settled on The Greatest Showman. That fucking owns. Oh, no. That was a a (laughs) pre-work on the laptop. (laughs) (laughs) I got up early to bank that one out because I love content. And I was looking at what I watched. I was like, this is a running a little light here. I need to spice it up a bit. Not knowing what I was in for. <laughs> anyway, uh, my suggestion for next week is uh, Invasion USA, a Canon Films production starring Chuck oh, yeah. Norris. Yeah, now, yeah, that one uh, I've actually already seen, so. Is it worth doing? I mean, I think so. I've seen it. But... Oh, okay. I haven't seen I think, it yet. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. I'm thinking of a different. Chuck Norris movie that's fucking unwatchable. Look, dude, the communists invade Florida. Like, what, do you, what else do you want? <laughs> it's up to Chuck Norris to stop them at Christmas Chuck, time. louder! But it's only louder. Christmas time in one scene. Talk to the mic, Chuck. <laughs> oh, we have to we have to get these sons of bitches okay. out of here. You know, I've always believed that the American way of life... Man, what's good, y'all? My name's Chuck Norris. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I Man, I don't, I don't think communism's a very good idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's one thing next week's episode. It's me just getting furious. Like, yes, it was guerrilla warfare. What the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm so excited for my monkey lamp to get here. Woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of monkeys, by the way, replayed through Secret of Monkey Island one and two. Really hold up. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Invasion yeah, USA looks really good. It's yeah. you will have a blast. <laughs> yeah. God, that cover is an all-timer. It really is. Are there any other uh, assignments? No. Nah, uh, unless you guys want to spend some Dragon Balls. I can't, so. Uh-huh. Nah, Parker, you got 20. 
Let me Parker stew on is, it. This he one. is stockpiling, man. man. I, I am fucking. It's def- the only the best offense is a good defense, my friend. I'm locking my doors and windows. Yes, sir. <laughs> you never know when they might find you. <laughs> Chuck Norris filmography. That is a long list. Holy, there's hey, so Chris, many more you, than you think. Hey, Chris, you remember when you went over a girl's dorm to watch Whitney instead of those football games? Well, I have those football games on a hard drive. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Chris, you remember that time that Mark Sanchez beat the Bengals? <laughs> remember the time you were up all night editing and you missed that Ravens game? <laughs> well, here it Happy is. Happy Halloween, buddy. Yeah. Oh, man, that's it. It's not Invasion USA. Missing in Action is the one where they filmed one and two back to back. And the one that was supposed to be the first one sucked ass. And they didn't want to release it first, so they just called it a prequel and made it the second one. What an incredible company Canon is. Yeah. Just to film God an entire him. movie and go, uh, no, and just make it the sequel <laughs> in post because, like, no, no one will see it if we put this out. Okay, so for next week's episode, I've got two ideas. One, uh, Blind Fury is probably a good one to pair with Silent Rage. But I'm also, I've never seen Shaolin Soccer. Is that do, an episode? Do we, not just, do we not just agree with Invasion USA? Did I imagine that? Oh, never mind. I wasn't listening. Okay, yeah, Invasion USA. I thought he assigned it to you or something. Okay, yeah, cut that. And that's the tea, sis.